This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Prize Picks is daily fantasy sports made easy. How does it work? You pick two to six players, and if they score more or less than their Prize Picks projection, you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. Didn't get your picks in before the game started? No problem. You can get in the game for the second half. Sign up today using promo code FOOTBALL and get your first deposit instantly matched up to $100. Go to pricepicks.com or download the mobile app and enter code FOOTBALL to get your deposit match. Some restrictions do apply. See the website for details. Welcome back to the channel and another edition of Spurs Chat, where, of course, Tottenham have just qualified for the Champions League. Now, we'll be discussing the Norwich game today. Of course, Spurs won 5-0 at Carrow Road. But before I get into it, have a listen of this. Doesn't that yeah. feel good? Doesn't that feel good to hear that music again? Now, before I introduce my very special guest, if you're watching this on YouTube, please do hit that like button and that subscribe button. If you're listening to this on an audio platform, do hit that follow button and leave a review if you can. Now, it has been the perfect day for Spurs. Of course, Norwich nil, Tottenham Hotspur five. Spurs have finished fourth in the Premier League. Two goals for DJ Kulishevsky today. A goal for Harry Kane. A brace for Hunmin Son, making him the Premier League's highest goal scorer, winning the Golden Boot. 
The fans are partying already. We are back in the Champions League and Antonio Conte is a magician. Now let's introduce our very special guest returning to the show, actor Darren Hart. Darren, how are you? I told you so. You told me. All season you told me. All season. So I'm very happy right now. I'm very happy right now. Very happy. Well, I know Ricky Champagne Norwood is very happy as well. Ricky, welcome back to the channel. How are you doing? I am buzzing, brother. I am buzzing. Oh, my God. What a damn season. Top four Champions League. Play the damn music again. Wheel up and come again. Because we are. Let's have it. Let's have it. Sorry, it won't go off. <laughs> and joining me for the first I didn't even mean for that to happen. Um, joining me on the channel for the very first time, Rob Daly, of course, official Tottenham Hotspur commentator. Also, his work can be heard on the likes of ESPN, BT Sports, Sky Sports and Premier Sports. Rob also pre presents the official UEFA Champions League radio show and podcast. Rob, welcome. How are you doing? Chris, thanks for having me. Good to meet the guys as well. And um, yeah, to finally get this done. I was supposed to come on. Uh, the Burnley away game when it got snowed off and then we had to cancel the show. So um, it's not a bad one to come on for, to be honest, to make my debut. Absolutely. Rob, before we get into today's game, tell us what it's like commentating on Spurs week in, week out. It's quite stressful, really, isn't it? I mean, it's, um, <laughs> it's, it's so much fun. Like, it's, it's, it's one of the best gigs I've ever had in my whole life. And... It's, it's good because you really, I was thinking about it today, like how much you like those players and how much you like that manager and how much you like that team. Because sometimes you might have players who do a job for you, but you know they're not the, the best kind of guy or they're a bit of a dirty player or whatever. You just look at that whole team and you really do like them. And um, you could see with the way they celebrated Sonny's second goal in front of the away fans. Um, yeah how united they are, how happy they were for Sontra. Even Dejan Kulisevsky, I think, tried to set him up for a tap-in to get, um, and then stumbled over to, to get him another goal in his golden boot race. So you have to love the team and um, they deserve it. Fourth best team in the country. I don't think that's, anyone can argue with that. And it's a platform to build on. It felt like a crossroads that maybe Arsenal could have good night, gone down that path, but it's Spurs going down that path now and then all feels very bright and exciting, doesn't it, really? It does. I feel very excited. And I must say, um, the Spurs fans today in Norwich away end, even before the ball was kicked, uh, even before the game kicked off, um, ups, absolutely sensational, really were. Um, Darren, let's come to you. Your thoughts on today's game? Listen, the job was done. It was a beautiful way to end our season. I was apprehensive about the first 10, 15 minutes. So get a goal, settle the nerves. 60 minutes in and it happened. And happy days. It was a beautiful performance. It was a team performance. It was a Conte dual performance. It's the new Spurs performance. If you want to know what Spursy is, that's what Spursy is. Today, that's the new Spursy. Put that in your pipe. I hate that term. Absolutely hate that term, Spursy. Surely, Darren, uh, that term Spursy under Antonio Conte, it doesn't exist anymore. Gone. It's gone. We're not, we're not that team anymore. As I've been saying all season, when people have said, are oh, we getting top four? I said, we are going to do it. There's a new mentality. There's a new idea. There's a new way. There's a new brand. And it's very clear what he's doing. And it's shown today. Top four was a dream. 
and it's now materialised. And now let's push on from this now. So let's, as I say, that's the last time we'll say that term because it's no, no longer in our vocabulary. We'll have a new term for our neighbours, which I'm sure we'll find one for them because they need to be identified and put in a little box on a Thursday night where they belong. <laughs> well, the Spurs fans didn't stop singing that song as well. Um, Ricky, let's come to you. Um, your thoughts on today's game? Oh, bro. I mean, just next level. We went out there again. And like Darren was saying there, the mentality is gone. And the definition of Spursy, like Darren was saying just there, has now changed. What, you know, those last-minute goals, those Bergwing last-minute goals, those last-minute winners, that those getting across the line is now kind of Spursy. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's a positive. We've spun this around. We have changed so much throughout this whole season. To get to this point, and to be able to raise a glass and just say, yes, we're back. When Conte signed for us, I said we are back. For us to be back this damn quickly, I can't believe it. It has knocked me sideways. There's many a time along the season that I felt that we had full storms. We was getting there, we was getting it. Then we'd lose a couple or we'd draw a couple or the performance would drop off a little bit. But all of those times that we did drop off, there was lessons learned. Do you know what I mean? There's a lot of times the lessons are not learned. But they felt the pain. They learned by it. They got, uh, you know, they got angry about it. They got frustrated about it. And then they went to work. They didn't just moan. They went to work and put it right so that we are now in the top four with Sonny as the top goal scorer. Do me a favour. I mean, even the amount of clean sheets that we've got this year, the amount of clean sheets that we've got this year, can you believe that we've got like a record amount of clean sheets? Like what has happened this season? What has happened, mate? The game was phenomenal, bruv. They just went out there. They settled our nerves straight away. Do you know what I mean? The way that they was playing, the way that their chest was up, the way that they their heads were in the game. And and the way, like like Rob was saying there, the way that they battled to kind of not only, like, get the result, but to put Sonny in for a couple of goals. You know what I mean? He could have got four or five today, the poor guy. I'm telling you, I am I am just super happy, bruv. Super happy. We've done it. We've got across the line. We, we've done it, man. We done Rick, it. You happy? It doesn't matter. It's, it's, <laughs> am I happy? Goodness gracious. We done it. We could have played terrible and got the three points, but we done it today. We done it in style. Five goals. Champagne Tottenham at Champagne Lane. As my boy Expressions always says, listen, we're back. <laughs> Rob, Rob, let's come to you. Did you expect today's performance and result? Uh, yeah, I, I think I did actually. I, I, I definitely, I didn't think anything else was going to happen other than a win. Um, maybe it was done with a little bit more style than you'd expect it, because it could have it could have it could have been like like Ricky was saying it could have been eight or nine, couldn't it? If Tim Krull wasn't sort of at it for a load of her in son shots, but um, there, there has been a switch mentally in the team. I really do believe that something has changed. I know there was the Brighton result and the Brentford result where the, the initiative was handed back to Arsenal, but even the the Thursday night North London derby. Just the way the team that went went about it, the maturity of the performance, even yeah. the whole Rob Holding situation, all of that, it was just it was just different. And we spoke to Sonny on Sunday, last Sunday, after you know when after the awards thing, and I was asking him about mental the what Conte's done, and he just can't speak highly enough of what Conte's done psychologically to the team. It's almost what Mourinho was trying to do, and but couldn't quite execute. I think Mourinho probably would have been able to do it to a team like that five, ten years ago. But Conte 
probably just is that bit more of a modern coach, understands a little bit more. And I think we'll all look back to Turf more and what he did post-match as such a significant moment where I think he terrified the players that he was going to walk away. And then three months on, they look a completely different team to what we saw that night. Rob, earlier on in the season, Antonio Conte said he's not a magician, but he is, isn't he? He really is a special coach. You know, he, you'd probably have him in the top five or six in the world. I mean, I, I can't... I don't know what the game is. I mean, maybe you guys would put a finger on it. But it might have been City away. And I know Burnley came after City away, but something seemed to click in, the, in terms of the patterns of play that would lead to goals to score three yeah. that day. And then there was the off day at Burnley and, you know, there was still Middlesbrough in the cup to come. But then those Everton, the Leeds, the Newcastle, the Villa, those big wins, the goals all had a similar Conte essence about them. The way he has improved players is completely insane. And I know he wants to buy players. There's no doubt about that. He'll want a load of new bodies. But the work he did with Matt Doherty, Emerson Morrell, boosting Ryan Sessegnon's confidence, turned Eric Dyer into England's premier centre-back, maybe. I'd be, I'd be amazed if he wasn't in the squad in June. Because I don't think there's been anyone better than him in the country this year, from an England point of view. It's just some, it's a testament to coaching, really, what he's done. And the other thing is, and I'm rambling on here, but the big calls in January to let those four guys go out and only bring two in, I thought the squad was too light. I was like, that's risky. I thought yeah. you could have at least held the Celso back, you know, three in, three out. But they made the moves. Conte knew what he wanted. And even with the injuries at the end of the season, got it done. Unbelievable work. Really unbelievable. And it does make it really exciting for what he can achieve with a window, summer window, and a full season, full pre-season, the whole shebang. Oh. Are the trophies coming, Rob? <laughs> I, th I, th I think it's very possible, yeah. I think I think this is this is just feels a bit different, doesn't it? I think, I think, you know, Spurs weren't far off winning a trophy last season in the League Cup. It was only a one nil. It was only a one nil defeat. But yeah. I think I think I think Conte will be able to when you've got Son and Cat. I mean, this is what we you know. It's easy to go on about how good they are, but they are absolute Premier League players. They're just they're well. They're just like any they get in any team nearly. And when you've got those to build that mentality around, you know, I, th I think um, absolutely Spurs should be in the running for trophies next season. No doubt. No doubt about it. Well, after Manchester City won today, they have won the Premier League title. Liverpool comes second, Chelsea third, Spurs fourth. So they are the four teams that are qualified for the Champions League. Qualifying for the Europa League, um, Arsenal and Manchester United. Uh, qualifying for the Europa Conference League, West Ham United. And relegated from the Premier League, Burnley, Watford and Norwich. I think you're glad that Watford have gone down, Rick, so you don't need to go back there. Um, you never turned up there in the first place. Um, you know... If you don't know that story... What's, what's this story? I don't know this story. Oh, this. my gosh. Come well, on. Well, th this is where I was at Vicarage yeah, Road. Vicarage Road, yeah. And yeah. this is where Ricky was. <laughs> oh, my God. Does, does that say it all? <laughs> wait, wait, wait. The Spurs had already played Watford at home by the time that game came around, didn't they? Don't look that was in logic, August. Rob. It was the 1st of January, all right? It was the 1st of January. New Year's Eve was the night before, all right? Leave me at the car. You, you got me on the Spurs pre-chat today. 
with the boys, with Gary and boy. Yeah, yeah, you move, yeah. Oh, amazing. How, how, how does that even happen? How does that even happen, Ricky? That's one of the highlights of my season, that is. Oh. <laughs> at least he didn't turn up at Stadium MK or something like that. I mean, that really would have been the Spurs-Watford humdinger. Oh, oh mate. Darren, oh. Darren, let's come to you. Um, now, Tottenham starting 11 today. Hugo Lloris in goal. Uh, the back three of Sanchez, Dyer and Davis. Wing-back Sessegnon and Emerson Royale. In midfield, Hoybier and Benton Kerr. The forward three of Kulusevski, Hunminson, Harry Kane. It's what we all expected, really, wasn't it? Absolutely. It's the 11 that, he, that he's got that he trusts right now. They're the ones that are going to do the job for him with what he's got available. And they did exactly that. They did their job. And I think that is what I've been impressed by with this Conte Spurs as we've gone into the business end of the season. Getting jobs done. No matter how the job needed to be done, we got them done. And I think that's been impressive. And the mentality has, has been mentioned there by Rob. And I think that's been really clear. Conte has been able to get into their heads of players that a lot of people have spoke about in the past that you couldn't, you couldn't change them. And what Conte has been ruthless in, and this is what I hope continues over this summer window, is going, this is the mentality of player that I want to work with. These players are not up to that. As much as they're lovely, as much as they're nice people, they have to go. And I think that is what that transfer window that we saw was beautiful because there were players there, like we spoke about in the self sermon that we had, oh, should they go, should they not? I know a lot of people are, oh, Delhi's going. But Conte was like, this is my blueprint. This is how I work. And what we're seeing in that 11 that started today, that's his blueprint. You can see it from front to back. Everyone has got an idea, a thought, a process of what Conte wants them to do, and they're delivering it. Norwich did not stand a chance today. Tim Cole, of course, he was going to have a worldie. He always does. Costa was going to phone me. I could feel him about to ring me again. Look, he's having a worldie. I was like, all right, it's going to be fine. But <laughs> it, you know what I mean? It, it was, it was going to be one of those. And But the performance, I trusted in the boys. And I think that's the beautiful thing about that 11 that Conte puts out. You can see he trusts them. And as fans now, we can start trusting them. And hopefully as we go into the new season, we can start relaxing into our seats a little bit more and enjoying the days when Chris can get his trophy. It's coming, Chris. It's coming. Hopefully. Hopefully. Um, Ricky, were you pleased with the starting 11? Oh, uh, yeah, of course, mate. Of course, of course. That's our strongest 11. Like Daryl was saying there, those boys have kind of... <clears throat> I mean, we know. We know already from January. You know, Benton, Cole and Kulazewski, they've actually just changed the whole way we play. They've changed the dynamic. They've, you know, they're, they're two soldiers that know Conte inside backwards. So for him to have two soldiers to that know his system, that know his ways and implement it on the field. And by doing that, encourages the rest of the squad to like step up as well. It's been next level because, you know, he's the reason we're playing on Wednesday next season. He came with his mate from Sweden. Come on! Are you mad? Are Hold you on, Rick. Mad? Did I tell you though? Remember we done transfer day and people um and are and I said, trust what we've bought. Trust yes. what we've bought. Yes, and 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 uh, Simone, it was Simone that was killing me because I was excited. Chris was excited. Chris was trying yep. to get it out of him. He tried eight different ways to get a positive response out of him, and he was like, "No, nah, he's a bit like Benton Core. He's a bit like Winks. Winks. He's a bit like Winks." Are you mad? Are you mad? This guy is next level. Kulazewski, the way that he was climbing over people today. I'm talking about running past, but he was, he, <laughs> he was, he was, oh my gosh. Are you joking? 
the team was fantastic today. They went out there. They've got the mentality. They've got the heart. They've got the drive. They've got the determination. They've done it all season. Well, especially from January. That Liverpool game, that Liverpool game that we played against, and we got the point just a minute ago. Oh, my gosh. The way that they attacked that, that's when I 100% knew. I was just like, all right, cool. We could have won it at the end. But the way in which they played and the way that they were solid and the way that they were attacking and the way that they were patient and the way all the things that Conte implements in his game was there. And I was just like, whoa, it's a night and day change. From, From Nuno, I can't believe we still, I can't believe Nuno was part of this club and this team this season. But wow, how much, how much we've improved and how much we've changed. It's next level. It does feel a very, very long season. Rob, I'd be really interested to get your views on the January transfer window because, of course, as you said there, when those players went out the door in January, you thought that we were a little bit light. Now, bringing in Benton Kerr and Kulishevsky, what did you think of those signings? And, and when was the last time that you, you've seen Spurs signings hit the ground running like these, these pair have? Was that for me, Chris? Sorry, my connection just dropped out for a second. Yeah, Sorry, was yeah, that for me? Rob, yeah. Well, January signings are really difficult and they almost never have an impact in the first four or five months. There, there were like a few rare cases and I suppose Luis Diaz might be one for Liverpool. Van Dijk would have been one for Liverpool, but I think someone like Luis Suarez that first four months was a betting in period. And my gut instinct, my gut instinct I, think, I think I said it on the website, the Spurs website when they signed, I thought Pentacle would be instant impact. I thought Kulusevski would be next season. They would have to be, uh, he would have to work out the rules of how you get fouled and what constitutes a foul in the Premier League. And um, I knew that he wasn't the quickest from what I'd seen him in Italy. And I didn't know if it would take a bit of time to work out exactly what he could do in this team. It took about four minutes. It really is incredible. I mean, he only just turned 22. And Spurs, there's no way Spurs be in the Champions League now without them. They've been transformative signings and it really does feel like Spurs robbed the bank at Juve you know clearly Conte knew them Conte wanted Kulusevski at Inter and then Bentecourt was exactly the kind of player he he wanted it just felt like they really (laughs) did a number on Juve and I remember reading things in the time in the Italian press saying oh um, Juve have done great to get that money out of Spurs for those two players I know Kulusevski's on loan technically for now yeah. It looks like a bargain. Benson called for 16 million quid. 16. One six. It's yeah. ridiculous. And then Kulusevski, what does that get? 230 million euros or something. I can't remember exactly. He looks like one of the best young players in, in Europe. I'm not excited. I mean, you, you look at the way, yeah, climbing over people is such a good description, Ricky, of what he was doing. But that, that, you know that ball where Kane put it down the line and got a little nick off the defender and then he set up Hoybier, who hit over the bar. That was unbelievable. Unbelievable play. So, supposed to do better, do well to find a better forward than him to join the front three next season. I think that's the front three. But you need players of that calibre. Now, this is my thing with Bentancourt. When Bentancourt signed, even when Hoybier signed, you're like, oh, at last, the team's got that. You're so, you, it, it's so apparent that the team's been missing. Um, and they need to sign players of that calibre. Bentacles re-established control in midfield and Spurs haven't had that for ages. I, I, I thought that was the prime problem with the team, that they never controlled games. And then Bentacle came in and just fixed it. Ridic- ridiculous. So two brilliant signings. Yeah. It's not impossible that one of the loanies comes back. I don't think it's impossible. I think it's improbable that the Celso comes back and finds a role in this team. Conte loaned up Ivan Perisic, I think. 
and then brought him back in for the title win. Perisic won the Champions League with Bayern and came back because Conte couldn't find a place for him in that 3-5-2 and then worked it out, turned him into a wing-back. Maybe the Celso could find a way back into the team. I certainly wouldn't write off Brian Hill. I don't know what's going to happen with him, Don Bele. It's mm-hmm. to see him having a role next season. Um, but Kuzevsky and Bentacol, just transformative signings. Just two of the best January. I can't think of better ones, I suppose. I genuinely can't. Now, let's talk about um, Hunmin Son. Of course, he has finished as the Premier League's highest goalscorer. Darren, what is left to say about this uh, fantastic South Korean star of ours? He's simply incredible, isn't he? We love him, and I'm glad that the rest of the world don't rate him as highly as we do. Because if we're talking about expensive strikers and who should be, who people should be looking to buy, he's up there. He's, he's two-footed. He's an absolute team player. He's a phenomenal athlete. And he plays football with a smile on his face. He loves being out there. And what I love more than anything else, he loves being at Spurs. And that there, it's a golden ticket because he's got no ambition to go anywhere else. He doesn't want, his head ain't being turned in any direction because he is phenomenal. And I'm so glad, if my memory's right, I did say he was going to get two today and get the golden boot. Just just watch the last episode, people. I'm sure I said that too. So (laughs) I'll put it out there. I said it as well. Back me, Chris. You were with me. I felt, I felt you. I felt And I'm glad he got it because there'd been so much talk in the past of Harry Kane's FC and all of that jazz and we're a one-man team and when Kane's there, no one scored the goals. That, again, this is what I mean about this beauty of this Conte era that we're going into. Everything's been shut down. That conversation there is shut down. He was top goal scorer. Harry Kane, no, he wasn't. Son was. So you can't tell me we haven't got another striker. You can't have that conversation with me because now we have the facts to prove it. It's beautiful. We are compact and packed to go forward. Son, I love you, my son. Big up, my son. My guy. All day long. All day long. Ricky, the interaction between Hunmin Son and the fans today, even when he scored his first goal, but in particular the second goal, was simply incredible. He was so, so happy you could see it. Yeah, bro. He wanted it. He wanted, you could see how much he wanted it throughout the game. And, you know, like Rob was saying there about the saves from Tim Crew, of course, Crew will always pull out a worldie when he's playing us. But I'm just glad he didn't, you know, pull out worldies when we scored five times. Do you know what I mean? But, um, bro, the way that Sonny loves Tottenham, Mr. Mr. Vega, Ramon, he calls him Mr. Tottenham. And you know what? Sonny is, mate. The, 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 when he signed that contract in the summer, when we were Titanic FC, when we were sliding so far down, we didn't know any. We didn't. We we lost our identity. We lost the way to play. We lost the way to win. We lost the excitement. When Darren's there talking about trust, do you know what I mean? Like <clears throat> under Pochettino, I didn't care who we faced. I trusted Poch and I trusted the team to go out there and fight to the end. And if we didn't win that game, I know that we would at least have competed in that. But we lost our way so much that for, for, for Sonny to sign that contract when he did, do you know, with, with the Kane kind of, you know, speculation and we didn't know whether he was going to stay or not or where he was going, Man City, or for him to sign that contract and commit to us, sh- again, showed us all, every single one of us, us, us fans, how much he does love the club and how much he does want to take us back to the top. And so for him to step out of Kane's shadow today and get that golden boot was phenomenal. I am so happy for him. I wanted him to score more. 
I, I was so like, oh, when Cruel saved that shot, man, off of Sonny, I was just like, oh my gosh. Like, he, he, like I said, he could have had a hat trick or four or five, but he just deserved it for the amount of super important goals that he scored. And you've got to remember that there was criticism. There was, there was a point in which someone's having a little bit of a dip and there were some fans that were criticising him a little bit. And look, when players don't play well, it's okay to criticise them because I know that we all love them. Do you know what I mean? The crit critique doesn't come from a place of hate. It comes from a place of love because we want them to do as well that, as we want them to do. That's, that's a really good point because I believe that every single Spurs player this season has been heavily criticised uh, because, you know, let's face it, it has been a very up and down season. Yes, it's finished so well, but every single player has been heavily criticised. So it's it's so it's so great that it's turned out this way, hasn't it? And Antonio Conte, as Rob said, he has improved every single player since November. Every single player. Look at Hoiberg today. Do you know what I mean? Again, monster. Monster. Dyer. Who put the ball over for Bentoncourt? When he, when that was, that was Hoiberg. Was Hoy it Hoiberg? This is yeah. what I'm talking about. Look yeah. at that vision right there. Everyone, you know, listen. Bentoncourt done tremendous to run at the time that he did and to get into that space and then to, and then to find Kulizewski at that point. But the ball over the top. Oh, my gosh into space, saw the run, responded to it. This is what I'm saying. We're, we're a different side now, man. We are we are back. We are back. And I love Sonny to bits. I'm so happy that he got that cherry on the cake <laughs> today as well. Like, oh my gosh. The, the, the sky's the limit now. I'm super excited. I, I, Rob, honestly, I know it's your first time, my friend. I'm normally, I'll normally give some insights, but today I'm just buzzing, bruv. I'm you're, buzzing. you're kidding. You're possibly <laughs> I normally have something that is, you know, it sounds all right, but I'm just buzzing today. So I'm going to ramble no, and I'm going to buzz. I love it. And, I, and I'm going to have a couple more of these as well, let me tell you. It should be, though, 5-0. Five 5-0 nil. Five nil secure Champions League. I mean, I bet, I bet there were fans this morning waking up uh, feeling a bit edgy. I mean, Norwich had won five games all season. Five mm. of their 37. But you do well to find a Spurs fan who didn't a little bit think... Tigbapuki could score and they could close shop and frustrate and frustrate and you hear the goals pinging in from the Emirates. It wasn't inconceivable. Um, but are you, are there, there was enough of a pattern in the opening uh, five, ten minutes to maybe think there's loads of space. There's so much space for Son and Kane and Kulizewski. You just knew that Norwich weren't, they can't hunker down. They would have worked out to do that earlier in the season under Dean Smith. They were just all open. The other thing with that Benson called goal, Ricky, uh, uh, sorry, assist that eventually was an assist. Was it, have you seen it back yet, mate? No, you haven't seen it. Where Benson called gives it and then just bolts inexplicably yeah. 50 yards up the pitch to get the pass. It was um, absolutely brilliant. Just worked out, worked it all out, but it was um, a brilliant performance. And I think Son uh, is just getting better all the time. I don't understand how he, he keeps improving. And I think back to the City game, really. I did think back to pre-season. I was trying to work out the first preseason, I missed Orion, but I was at Colchester. Was that game two, Chris? You're, I feel like you're the person to ask it. Yeah, was yeah, that preseason game two, Colchester? I think so, yeah. Yeah, it was Colchester and then it was MK Thorns, wasn't it? Yeah. I, think, I think that was the I way around we did it. Yeah. And then I was up in the gantry and then Sonny turned up and I was like, he's back, he was back too early. I think he came back. I feel like Sonny in preseason came back almost unnecessarily early, that he didn't have yeah. to because of when he'd been playing South Korea. But there he was in North Essex, like linking up with Carter Vickers and all that, you know, doing the business. So <clears throat> unbelievable commitment to the team. And um, 
I think I genuinely think if even if you hadn't got that golden but you wouldn't have been too gutted. I think you know Darren. It was like wanted Champions League because he deserves deserves to be playing in it. I I and think that's Son is so Mister Tottenham. He sacrificed his self achievement for the greater good of the side. And I think that's something that is overlooked in professionals nowadays. So many professionals are about what they're getting paid and what they're achieving individually. Son has never done that. Like you said, pre-season, he's coming back early to go, the team needs me. I need to be around. I need to, I need to get sharp quickly so I can hit the ground running. And yeah. that's him being selfless. And that's an amazing professional. And that's what I mean. People under, underrate that attribute in a footballer, especially in this modern day of football. And I think Son is, he's, he's Mr. Professional. He, he epitomises what it means to put on a shirt and be proud to wear that badge. And he so is. And like you said today, every fan was willing him to get that golden boot. Whether he wanted it for himself yeah. or not, we wanted it for him. And I think that's beautiful. And that shows where we're at as a club as well. We, we appreciate, as Ricky said earlier, we don't criticise because we don't like them. We want the best for them. And today was a real testament of that. Every Spurs fan was willing some to get to. And then when we heard Salah got one, we wanted him to get the extra one. And well, that was it. They started singing, didn't they? Yeah. Um, Sonny's song, like, oh, you need to score another kind of thing. Yeah. Which was just, um, which was just brilliant. Uh, club's lucky to have him. Club's very lucky oh, to have him. absolutely. We are very it, lucky. I, I love that he took up the responsibility by coming back early in pre-season. Because, you know, him being friends with Kane and, and you know, he, he's a friend of everybody. He would have known. He's interested in what's going on and what's happening where. And I think he came back and took the responsibility and going, you know what, if Kane goes, I need to make sure that I'm right. I need to make sure that I'm here. If, if the burden then gets put on my shoulders to score goals, okay, cool. Let me make sure that I'm right. And, I mean... I might have got it wrong, but didn't he score the winner against Man City first game of the season? Yeah, first game. Yeah. So and then so, he scored the winner mean? against Watford. Uh, to, so when it went City, Son, Wolves, Delhi, Watford, which was the home game, Ricky. Watford. <laughs> oh, wrong man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wrong. Sorry. Rob knows the plan now. He knows. He knows. I mean, I've worked it out. I've worked it out. But that was Son as well, wasn't it? That free kick that he curled in. I mean, he was just dragging oh, yeah. the team through through games in those opening weeks because it was weird, wasn't it? Winning those opening three games, but you sort of didn't you have a little feeling like, oh, this feels a bit weird. Like the team doesn't seem to be brilliant, but they're winning. Yeah, yeah that was a very weird time. And as as Chris alluded to earlier, that does feel like light years ago. It was like a very different team, yeah. a very different atmosphere. But like you say, I joked to that point of like, because we were, we were winning by default. It was, it was a weird situation. We didn't look great. The system didn't look like anyone knew what it was. And we were getting over the, over the line. And then we were top of the league. You know what I mean? It was all very weird. And our neighbours were falling apart at the wayside. It was like, what is this? What is this weird universe we're in right now? And as the dust settled, we could all see where we were. And I'm just forever thankful that El Sakiko went our way. Because that game there, we talk about moments in our season. If we had grinded out a result against Man United and Conte ended up that side of the, of the, of the world and not our side of the world, who knows what kind of world we'll be in right now. So I'm very glad that El Sakiko went the way it went. Because I, I never want to see my team lose. But at that point, I was like, something has happened. This 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 point, it's, it's, we're right on that edge. And I'm glad that what happened happened because I could not be happier right now. I could not be happier. Thank you, content.
and 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 let's look at the difference between those four London der- derbies that we had at the beginning under Nuno that we lost, right? And the way in which we played, especially against the Gooners, yeah, where Carragher done the, the Monday night football and he laid it out how big open yeah. and how I much space that. that we just left in the middle of the park. You know, we had five up front, two in defence. I was like, what's what is this? What what is this? You know, to go from that to where we are now, to go from that Guna game to the Guna game, the you know, on Thursday the other day, like it's a different side. I did not expect us to be here. I knew that Conte was the man. I knew that he was the one that was going to hold the ball to account. I knew that he was the one that was going to shake and wake up those players in that squad. But I didn't expect the performances and the levels that they've been pulling out. You know, I mean, I, I don't know about you guys, but like for me, like, and Dal, you said this the other day as well, but I totally agree. It's like, for me, yes, Dyer, uh, the, the whole squad, there's been an improvement. But you look at Davies, you look at Davies, Davies, who was like within the top two, three of players that us Tottenham fans would want sold in the summer or wouldn't mind if he went. And then the performances he's put in since he's turned up, since Conte's turned up, it's been next level. He's been solid as a rock. Like the amount of blocks that he put in for Liverpool, the amount of, he nearly scored today as well. Like mm. they, they, what Conte has done has been next level. And like you said, Rob, earlier about the testament to coaching, let's look at the difference between Nuno's coaching, to, Nuno's Tottenham and Conte's Tottenham. Night and day. What was that like? What was that like for you, Rob, when you was commentating? Can you, could, could you see the difference as well happening as soon as Conte came in? Yeah, I feel like, I mean, the Vitesse game was mad, wasn't it? The 3-2. Yeah. And it felt like they sort of blitzed three goals oh, yeah. straight away. And you're like, oh, this is, this is interesting. And then the team did their thing where they sort of unraveled a little bit and Romero got sent off and it all went a bit chaos. And I think Vitesse finished with nine men from memory, I think. Yeah. But they managed to get over the line. Mm. It was, there were moments in games where you saw things happen. I almost feel there was one goal where the, the, there was a goal where everything changed. And it was, um, and I know you might look at the Liverpool 2 2 and, and all those games where Spurs started playing Conte's brand of football. But I felt the Kulazewski goal at City was like a, it was like, that's it. Because not only was it like Kane, Son Kulazewski doing this amazing stuff, they, they played out from the back. It wasn't a counter attack. It was play around the press and go. And then this was when Conte, Spurs were getting a lot of praise as being a counter-attacking team, which felt like a bit of a nod to Mourinho's Spurs. Because that's what we said about Mourinho's Spurs, wasn't it? Counter-attack, sit, 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 Son and Kane, boom, boom, boom. And then Conte posted a video on his Instagram. Do you remember this? Where he said, um, he posted footage of the goals and he said, counter-attacks, in inverted commas, and every single one of these attacks is playing out from the back. And I think that's the thing that this is the major difference. I, I had, I had, a, I was trying to work out this bit of a theory about what happened in that Mourinho era, and there was such a concession of the ball to the opposition. And Mourinho would argue it's control. He had the opposition at arm's length, and then would score. But the, the team then forgot how to play with it when they did try and play with it. That. There were too many games where there was just such a lack of control in midfield, nervous passing, just out for a throw-in. Mm. And, then, and then Conte just somehow fixed it. Bentacle was a major factor in that, I don't doubt that. But then this ability to play around the press has been um, major. Because then the, the Liverpool 1-1, you saw at Anfield, 
how effectively Spurs can play around a, a Liverpool of the best team in the world for it, pressing the edge of your penalty area. They were just bing, 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 round the press and out. And then when Arsenal tried it, I thought, well, this is going to be no problem. Spurs did this against Liverpool. And Arsenal were a very good pressing team, but nowhere near Liverpool's level. And then sure enough, bang, 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 pass around them. That has been the thing for me, this is ability to play out and also then play these quick passes and everything. It's just so Conte. It's just such mm. a Conte team. It's, um, and I think we all know that if there are improvements in certain positions, and I don't know if we, I, I know Chris said this was going to be a bit of a season review and whether we get to this kind of thing, but he'll want new wing backs. I don't know who survives the cull out of the four, but he'll want new wing backs. He'll want another centre back at least, and he'll want another two forwards, I think. And another, probably another central midfielder. It's a lot. I don't think you'll get all that. I think you'll get four of them, you know, kind mm. of number. But it's, I think, it really does feel like it's happening, doesn't it? I mean, I think it's so interesting some of the things you just highlighted there, Rob, like about what people viewed Spurs' way of play, that counter attacking view that people had already kind of gone down. Oh, it's, it's a blueprint we've seen before. So we know this isn't going to work. Spurs can't do this. And I think. It's been amazing to see, as we said, the Conte blueprint and him being very vocal and going, no, 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 don't box me there. This is what I'm doing. Observe. Yeah. This is the way we're yeah. doing it. And Bentecourt also, you're right. I said it when he came because myself, Ricky, Chris, we was on the transfer deadline show and I spoke about Bentecourt being the brain in the middle that we've missed. We needed a general in there. And just his first game alone, just watching him, I said, just watch his hands. Don't watch his feet. Watch his hands. When he's not even in possession, he's pointing. He's telling the person with the ball where to put the ball. And it's amazing to have that on the football field because if you can't see the pass, he can. And he's giving you the guidance. And we had players that were ready to do that. And I think it's it's interesting that our neighbours have filmed the Amazon Prime all or nothing this season. And <laughs> yes, timing is everything in life. Timing is everything. And I think, it will be it will be great viewing. I mean, it will oh, be um, it will be an unbelievable. It will be an unbelievable documentary. I'm sure, they were thinking, from... I'm sure they were thinking it was going to build to this crescendo whereby they get back in the Champions League. Um, obviously, it hasn't panned out. And I think we'll all be watching with great interest. I think we'll I'm probably going to watch the last 40 minutes. I think that's where the goal is going. <laughs> yeah. Just, I, I, just I, from the Derby game onwards. Just to see what I, happens I, there. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to watch the highlights on YouTube. I don't think I'll be tuning in. There's nothing to see. You know what I mean? They say all or nothing, and there's nothing for me to see. So I think I'll just wait for the YouTube but highlights. Me, the joke I was asking, though, is could you imagine if it was our season to have it all or nothing? Like, I would oh. have loved to have been able to be the... To be to see it through the eyes of the camera of that Conte evolution. Because, yeah. Rob, you made a good point about the game where Conte was like, I'm out. Like, I'm leaving. I'm, I'm done. And we spoke about this at length, myself and Ricky, and I was talking about Conte is so passionate. And sometimes that passion just spills out and he says it how he wants to. And then I started to really reevaluate, because obviously being on the show last game of the season, Conte spoke about Champions League right from the get-go and said, if we get it, it's a miracle. And we've, we've already called him the magician. I think if we had a camera in there, I think Conte put that benchmark out there and said, that's what I want. That is that is what we're going for. It's not a magician thing. It's not magic. That is what we can achieve. If you follow what I want you to do, if you follow my lead, that is what we get. And I think yeah. you saw everyone buying into it and you saw the confidence grow. The more it became clear that it was, it was an option. It was viable. It was in their hands. 
And then when we fully had it in our hands today, I had no doubt in the boys. And I think that there shows a complete change in mentality. And we've had a lot of times when we as Spurs fans have watched our team crumble. Watched the, and not even just in the football sense, but in the mentality sense. We've watched their heads get blown. We've watched them fall apart, self-destruct, make the mistake. We go, what were you thinking? What are you doing? Don't get me wrong. A magician eradicates all of that. That's why he's not a magician. We all have moments like that in football, because that is football. However, the likelihood, the chance, the percentages are getting smaller. And that is a beautiful thing to see, that the players now are trusting themselves, trusting each other. They're buying into this new way of working, which Conte has completely changed. And I think it's there that he's changed more than anything. And I think that mentality change is phenomenal to see. And all I ask as well now, and this is the biggest one, is that we as fans, we do that to ourselves too. Let's go into the season with the positive energy rather than taking in that old line that gets put around our name and then we carry that. Let's go in with the optimism. Let's go in with the passion and let's make our stadium the fortress it needs to be because we have the Champions League there. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. (laughs) How do you think he's changed his defence? Rob, Darren, how do you think he's changed? How do you think Conte's changed the fence from, from when Nuno had it to when he's taken over it? Because, you know, Nuno originally, he came from like a back three system, but he decided yeah. not to do that when he came in. He wanted the back fours. And, you know, to be fair to Sanchez and Dyer at the time, the first three games, they were doing all right. Do you know what I mean? But the, what do you think has been the biggest thing that he's changed, with, Conte has changed with the defence from Nuno's era to where we're at right now? I, I think like a big thing is that the system itself reduces the chance for individual error. That mm. There were so many games last season and goals conceded that you could point at one player and go, that was you. And there, and there were a lot of them were, were Eric Dyer, a low cross into the box. You know, it's, it's his ball, not Larissa's. He leaves it, you know, the Liverpool player scores or whatever. But the, the system is set up now in a way <clears throat> whereby there is almost no chance for someone to get stuck one-on-one with a forward and run at. The, these instances feel so rare. I mean, the team's conceded one goal in its last five away games, and that was a deflected goal to Liverpool. Conceded five goals in the last 11 games. And as you met, I think it was you, was it you saying, Ricky, about the clean sheets were you down, I can't remember. Yeah, yeah. It's, it uh, finished with 16 or 17 clean sheets. I think it was 16. There was, it was, I also found that really interesting. Like, I thought Eric Dyer's pass, so Eric Dyer's, you know, Toby's big diagonals were missed, weren't they? When Toby left, you missed that big ping out to the right hand side and, <clears throat> and everything like that. And I thought Dyer didn't have that range of passing in him. But we now see so much of the play goes through Dyer, like a lot, and he will hit those big diagonals. I was, I was thinking, why couldn't he? hit those before I don't understand but the team is set up to stretch the pitch so much that those passes are a lot more simple so he's not giving it away it's it's the wing back stretching the play and um I, there's just been so many little tweaks to the system and really Ricky it's like a great point about Nuno playing a back three when he I was thinking about why didn't he do it and maybe he didn't want to get tight cast as trying to bring a wall system to Spurs okay. it's like you're right you this is a different level now you need to play more expansively and and just seen Poch here, you know, you need to play something better. So maybe he got nervous on that respect. Also, at the start of the season, barely only the centre-backs were around. I remember that specifically. Eric was around, and then it was Carter Vickers, and then there was lads from the academy, and that was it. So maybe... Tanganga. 
Tanganga was, Tanganga around, was around. He was coming back from maybe come back from injury, and maybe he just yeah. thought I don't have enough players to play this because if one of them gets injured, and I'm not going to get into the season with Carter Vickers as one of my back three in the Premier League. So there was probably a myriad of reasons why he didn't do it. He probably would have had more joy, but I mean, we'll, we'll, you could probably write a thesis on what happened in those opening ten games and try and work out exactly why Nuno didn't work. But ultimately, he wasn't. He probably wasn't the calibre of manager that Kane and Son needed. You know, you need that, that next level. What, what, what do you think, Dan? I think a lot of what Rob said, I totally agree with. And also, what it, what I saw, once the system was changed, what he also allowed is players being able to play in a way that, hey, the guy's hey! back in the field. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> That's he just needed location. a half-time break. He just needed a half-time break, people. That's all he needed. He's back now. He's back. He went, he went toilet. That's all he did. He just went toilet. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. My, my battery ran out. We bring Rob on. We bring the professional on. And Rob, this is not uh, how it's normally done. So sorry about that. Oh, um, mate, you got the backboard. Don't, you look a pro to me. I wouldn't worry about that. That's, uh, that's pretty <laughs> have, we, uh, have we discussed the goals? No. We haven't discussed the goals. We were just talking about the defence and how much um, it's change from uh, Nuno's time to Conte's time. So Darren was just jumping in on the wing backs just then. We've done, okay. we done a little review just how we felt we're played and just looking at the transformation of Conte and what he's done to us. So yeah, we just kept it like, we know you We know you have your structure, Chris, we know what you do. We, 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 we leave it with your hands. So you know what, just to tie up this whole defensive change because you were that too, is I think what Conte was able to do is he created a system the one, he looked at the characters that he had available, because I think Rob's exactly right. When Nuno started, I don't think he had all the, all the right pieces of puzzle in the back three that he would have wanted. So he went back four, because he was going safe. What Conte does, he doesn't go safe. He goes, you're going to play it my way, and you're going to learn to play it my way, and you're going to learn quickly. And I think that was also that, 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 that forceful nature, that empowering nature of going, do it, you're good, trust me, do this. And when you watch Conte on the touchline, He's coaching you through every moment. So if you're in doubt, he's shouting at you. He's telling you what to do. He's guiding you. And I think when you're defending, I think sometimes defending looks difficult when you haven't got an out ball. And like we spoke mm. about, Eric Dyer always looking for that big diagonal and it not working. Because we were playing so flat against ourselves. Everyone was too close. So there was no out ball. The diagonal ball was done and void because no one was there. So... I think what started to happen was as Conte empowered everyone to play their natural game and spread the pitch, when you picked it up as a centre-half, you looked up and there was an option. And when you have an option, you play a pass. Also, what Bentico has done amazing in Hoybier is that they turn and face their centre-halves. And we stopped doing that. I love Winks as a human being, not as a footballer. What he does is he doesn't want it. He turns away from the ball. So when you look at him and all you can see is his number, you don't know where to pass the ball. So... That is what the evolution happened, and that's why we changed. So, Chris, all yours. Rob, let's come to you. Um, you know, we bring on a professional commentator. I would like you to talk us through the uh, the, the goals, if you'd like. <clears throat> yes, yeah, so a goal one, just a horrible big gap in Norwich's defence. I think Sam Byron gets drawn out by Son, or gets drawn in the field, and then Bentacor has that big old gap. Surprise Bentacor didn't shoot. I know it was like... It was such an obvious shot that I thought, no, you, you, you're allowed to shoot now. You, that, you, you, you can do it. You can do yeah. that. And it nearly went wrong. He did get it to Kulisevsky. So that was, and then uh, Tim Krull tried to play out from the back. Awful error from him. Gave the ball to Bentancourt. Great little ball in from Bentancourt, I thought. 
to clip it into Kane for the diving header. Goal three, unbelievable from Kulazewski. Just, I mean, what a finish. It, you know, after sort of having that, he was getting mocked by the Norwich fans after scuffing that one to the goal line and then he curled it top scorer, top corner. And then Sonny did his thing and then his last goal was just, you know, him in a nutshell, wasn't it really? How many of those goals have we seen from him, right foot, left foot? Ridiculous, ridiculous goal, one of his best this season. Um, Norwich were just so open, disorganised, had loads of injuries, all the rest of it, but um, it was easy. It was easy, wasn't it really? Rob, of course, uh, Hunmin Son has finished as the Premier League's highest goal scorer this season. Um, for you as a commentator, what's been your favourite uh, commentary on Hunmin Son's goals this season? Oh, that's a good one. Uh, probably, probably opening day. I mean, we, we were just talking about it when you weren't here, Chris. That open, about We were going back to the early days and what Son did when he stepped up as the centre forward in the team. And Nuno was saying, um, I don't really want to use him as a centre forward. But he sort of had to because there was no one else who yeah. had to do that role. Probably that City goal. I mean, there's been better goals and there's been more, you know, like North London derby goals and all the rest of it. But his goal at Anfield and everything. But probably that. Because opening day was euphoric, wasn't it? There was all the Harry Kane narrative. He wasn't in the match day squad. Yeah. He had just spent 100 million quid on Jack Grealish. He started. There was all this. And then Son stepped up and delivered that. Probably From Son's point of view, I'd probably go his first goal, probably, of the season, because that was that was brilliant, brilliant moment. Yeah, and of course, all, all the fans back in the stadium as well. Yeah, it was crazy. I mean, the atmosphere was crazy. That was yeah. crazy. I mean, that was that was probably that was probably the best I could remember it from the going back to the City Champions League quarterfinal. And then that probably still was the best I could remember it up to the North London Derby the other night, where it felt like the place was on fire. You know, it was like, it was unreal, wasn't it? 10 days ago. And ten, let's not forget, 10 days ago, Arsenal were a win away from getting in the Champions League. Like that, yeah. that, that sort of sums up like what a mad week and a half it's been that Arsenal just had to win that game and it's all over. With two games to go. And then suddenly all this has happened since. It's just unbelievable. And Son's a major reason for that, of course. He scored so many decisive goals this season. Rob, be 100% honest with me here. When Antonio Conte came in on the 1st of November, did you think that Spurs were capable of finishing in the top four? No, I didn't. I didn't. I, th I thought it would be Man United, actually. I, d I did. What I thought would happen was they'd work it out eventually. That they'd spit. Let's not forget they signed Varane, they signed Ronaldo, they signed Jadon Sancho. Like that's three premier signings you make. Varane's a generational centre back. Jadon Sancho one of England's two or three best talents, and then some would say the greatest of all time, who then did deliver. Ronaldo did deliver for Manchester United. And I thought they'd work out eventually, and they'd just have enough. Let's not forget after the 3-2, weren't they miles ahead of Spurs? The 3-2 at Old Trafford. I thought, ah, uh, my other thing with the top four thing was that there were too many teams in it that Spurs had to go above. Like, yeah. if it was one team and the gap was seven points, it's not inconceivable you catch them. But for West Ham, Man United and Arsenal to fall away felt like a lot had to happen for Spurs to get, get forward. But ultimately, I think they have proved they're the fourth best team in the country. There's work to go to get to Chelsea and there's infathomable work to get to the two who battled it out for the Premier League title today. But it feels like that gap doesn't feel as big as it did. 
and Conte's the reason. Rob, how would you sum up Antonio Conte's time at Spurs so far? Um, <laughs> it's it's interesting because he could. He's obviously associated as a Juventus manager, and then he went to Inter, and he's not really liked there anymore. And then he was an ex-Chelsea manager, but no one thinks about him as an ex-Chelsea manager like we thought about Mourinho. Mm. That's fair, isn't it? Like everyone was singing Antonio's name and had the Italian flags out, game one. So he could make this his club, really. His managerial club. If he, if he truly transforms his club, it would be elite status. I think what he's done so far is elite. And yeah. I, he's, he's done... I know Tuchel went and won the Champions League with Chelsea last season to take over in the January. I think the job that he's done is just as good as that in that six-month period. To get more out of these players, to change the mentality that the whole shebang is is elite. I'd use the word elite, Chris, if I could. Yeah. Well, Darren, let's come to you. Same question, because Antonio Conte, it wasn't long ago that he actually said, if we finished fourth, it would be like winning the Champions League. This is huge to him and our football club, isn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely huge. And it was what, as I said to the guys, as I said to you before, Chris, I believe that he put that on the wall and said, that is what we can achieve. If you back me, if you believe in me and you, you walk the line with me, we can get there. And we have. And I think it is it's tremendous what he's done and the transformation in every player and in every department. And I think that, as I was saying, I wish that we had the fly on the wall to watch the transformation behind closed doors to see what he does, because I feel he's a master at his craft. And when you talk about managers, as we've alluded to, he is up there as the top five. And I think when Rob spoke about when Conte came in that period of time and looking at the league, you asked me those questions early on, Chris, where do I think we finish? I kept saying top four. And a lot of people kept doing wide eyes like Darren Reed. And I was like, my theory behind it was always the same. Man United, Arsenal, West Ham, none of them look stable. We have a manager, if he gets that stability that I believe he can, it's there to be taken. It's right there up to the grabs. Let's believe in it. Let's put the energy into it and let's make it happen. And he has. And I think that's the beauty of what he's done with the players that he's been able to mould. Give him more. Give him the real gems that he's after. Give him more time. And as we say, catching the top two is crazy talk. Like, I'm not going to start doing that to myself. But what I can do is start going, there's trophies out there that we can win. There is a legacy that can be built that is celebrated by fans around the world where Conte is being sung because he's won X, he's won Y, he's bought a consistency. We've made our home ground an absolute fortress and no one wants to come there for a season. Like, there's so many things that he could do if he gets it the way he wants to get it. And that's why it's been tremendous. Tremendous turnaround and tremendous manager. Well, here is the confirmation that Spurs have finished fourth in the Premier League today. Um, Ricky, <laughs> Ricky, Ricky, let's come to you. Now, straight after the game, Antonio Conte in the press conference said, I'm a person who has ambition and I like to fight for something important to lift a trophy. I'm very happy. Then we will see. I've always said at the end of the season, I'll speak to the club and we will find the best solution. What do you think that means? I, I think that means he plays the strategy poker game, bro. That's what he does. He, again, I, it's one of the things that I've said since he's turned up is that he holds the ball to account. So he's going to say right now, look at where we was when I turned up and look at where we are right now. You know, and not only have I... He doesn't want to go for top four. I know Darren was talking about putting up top four 
or you know what I mean, on, 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 on the board in the changing room. But I said it and I knew that it was crazy to say, but as soon as Conte turned up, he wasn't looking at top four. He was looking at the league. And regardless of how many points we were behind Man City or Liverpool, he was like, okay, what do I have to do to get up there? He's looking there. And then if we fall short, all right, cool. Top four, fantastic. We can keep it moving. Right now, what he's doing is making sure that the board recognise the work that he's done, recognise how far he has taken the team within six months, and recognise what when you give him two tools out of the toolbox, what he can do. So what happens when you give him, you know what I mean, the the drill and the dremel and 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 the lays and 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 the and the triangle. Do you know what I mean? What happens when you give him a triangle of tools? I don't know. You know that square. It's a square, but it's a triangle. It's like that. It's like, anyway, I know I'm, I'm an actor. I'm not in the building trade. I'm not in the building trade. It's a it's a good job you're not on Rob's commentary team, isn't it? Listen. Oh my gosh. But no, no. He's transformed everything, bro. So he's making sure that he, he gets what he's promised. He's making sure that the board is, uh, are not just talk, but they're action. Do you know what I mean? And that's all he's doing. He's just, he's strategizing. The same way that he strategizes within the press conference after Burnley and he scared the players. Do you know what I mean? Or he scared the board that, you know what? Maybe I'm not the guy. Maybe, it's, may, maybe you need to hire somebody else. To get the response that we've had since that point has been next level. And he's just going to continue to do that same thing. Also, Chris, also, Chris, just to let you know, I don't, I, I don't know whether you know, but supposedly there's a couple of people in the waiting room and, and, and they're, they're waiting to speak to you. I'm just letting you know. I'm just letting you know there's a couple of people in the waiting room and they're waiting to speak to you because they want to know, they, they want to know about your game experience. They want to know about your broken fingers. They want to know about how it was Hold in on. the stadium. I I'm didn't send any know. more links out. No, I know. <laughs> I know you didn't. I know you didn't. Chris, before before I bring them in, I just want to ask Rob. Um, Rob, what is Antonio Conte here for? Um, because we all know, and uh, you know, I get excited every single year. Whenever a new season starts, I think this is the year. This is the year that we are going to win a trophy. You know, I speak about trophies on this channel every single day. I I bore the hell out of a lot of the uh, the listeners and viewers talking about trophies that never seem to come. Um, I'm always really positive. I always say that Spurs are going to win a trophy this year. Now, under Antonio Conte, when we have seen what he has delivered, uh, you know, coming in early November, taking over from Nuno, um, what do you think is possible for him to achieve at this football club? Well, I think from his point of view, I think he will be thinking in terms of league titles. I don't, I don't, I don't think he would... He has no interest in anything less. And he said this over and over again. It's not like I'm just sort of extrapolating this from comments he's made. He's over and over again said, this thing fighting for top four. No, he, he did buy into it. He set the goal early April, articulated it publicly for the first time. He said he had to put pressure on the squad and say, we're going for the Champions League. So he did that and that's paid off. But he doesn't like that. He doesn't, he doesn't want to do that. He wants to win league titles. And he, he's going to be building the squad thinking, how can I get this closer to Liverpool and City? Liverpool have shown it can be done, by the way. There's no, you know, state-owned investment fund that owns Liverpool at the moment that's giving them £100 million to sign on players. They've spent a lot of money. But there is a way to do it. Liverpool are probably the blueprint to follow. And with signings like Romero and Bentecourt and Kulusevski, all under 24, that's the right profile of signings to be making. But he'll be thinking in terms of league titles. 
he won't be thinking it'd be nice to finish fourth again and win the League Cup. There's no way. I don't think he'd stick around if he got the vibe from the club that that was um, worthwhile, if that was the club's yeah. goal. Yeah. When that meeting takes place next week, Rob, what do you think that Antonio Conte will be asking the board for? Oh, I'm not invited for reference to that meeting. <laughs> I know, I know, I went for the club, but I don't, I don't get to yeah. sit in on that one. Um, or, what, or, or, or what do you think? If if you were Antonio Conte, what would you be asking for? I think I think he has to be realistic about what he's going to get in terms of players, and I think. You you don't you know this like a, have a overhaul and a and a clear out and this never happens in football. There's no example of a club selling six and bringing in six and being better. There there are there there's none. I mean, you, you, okay, you might find one or two, but it doesn't exist. So realistically, four in, four out. I think in terms of players, and now it's Europe. He probably doesn't want a bigger squad, so maybe he doesn't want all those players out. Maybe some of those like Doherty and and Winks. And Bergwijn, I mean, I don't foresee Bergwijn staying necessarily because of the way he's been talking publicly about his first future, but I think he will have to go into it realistically that he's not going to get six, seven, 50 million pound players. He's going to get four for 40 million. But they could, him, him and Paratici, I really believe, could do brilliant things together. I think they'll, I think they'll get brilliant things done. So that's what I think you're. If he's been realistic with it, you know, it's, it's like, I want Messi. That's not, not that you necessarily want Messi at the moment. But, you, you know, that is going to happen. I think he's going to be realistic about what he gets and doesn't get out of the club. But I think there's good free transfers around. And I think he'll work the market. He doesn't care about older players, does he? He doesn't mm. care. Angel Di Maria, free agent. You know, these guys, you know, I don't, I don't think these things are impossible. I believe that he will want some experience in his squad as well, Rob. Do you, do you agree? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. That's, that's the thing I don't think... I mean, he's signing players like Ashley Young and Alexis Sanchez, not necessarily to be starters for it, regular starters for Inter, but, yeah. you know, players who've been around a lot of success and I think he'll want that. He'll want that. Like he, I'm sure he likes having all these young players who are easier to mould, maybe. But, you know, the club link with like Perisic and <laughs> who just keeps going and I think he'll want these experienced players. But... Fundamentally, priority one is backup centre forward, and not necessarily backup second centre forward. I say say second centre forward. When Lautaro Martinez was linked, rumoured, I was like, "That is, that's what you want. You want a strike partner for Kane, not like a a Vinicius or Vincent Janssen or a." So I think centre forward, another centre back, another centre midfielder, and one or two wing backs. I think is what will be the. Rob, just very quickly, because I've, I've said this on this channel throughout this season. One of, the, one of the last players that I got really, really excited about us signing, world-class player at the time, Jürgen Klinkman back in 94. When was the last time you really got excited about signing for Spurs? That's the last one you were excited about? Klinsman in the 90s? Yeah. That's it? Yeah. Oh, God. Van der Vaart's um, up there. Um, but I'm talking about signing a world-class player when they are world-class. Not turning into world-class. Signing a world-class player at the time. I don't think. I don't think it's that. I don't think that's a great point. I don't think there has been one, is there? Because Modric was a was a was a bit of a punt. Bale was a bit of a punt. Yeah. I can't think. I actually. Get, you, you've got me now. I can't think. David. Of <laughs> David was almost at the end of his time. Yeah. Really, but 
Edgar was a class, class player. This is it. This is what was interesting about Conte's appointment for me. That that was, he was a world, world class now. Not like Mourinho was world class or Pochettino might be world class. You're getting this guy at his best now. Yeah. So can I say Conte? Can I say Absolutely. Conte to that? Not in terms of player, but Conte's like, that was like signing one of the world's best players. You know, it's crazy. Yeah. But Spurs did it. Spurs got it done. Yeah. It's interesting because there are so many people who watch this show and they, they and they totally agree with me that when Pochettino left, we all thought that, you know, how, how can you ever feel like that about another manager? And I feel like that about Antonio Conte now. I feel so excited as a Spurs fan. Darren, do you agree? And, and while you're answering, I'm going to bring in a couple of very special guests who, who Ricky has invited in. We've got Anthony Costa with us. Yeah! And we've also got Leo the Lion with us. Hey! I told you, baby! Yes, I told you, baby! <laughs> Woo! I did it. Look at that! How I wasn't even ready for it to come on. I even fell asleep because I was so <laughs> I was so excited. I got knocked out. And I'm here. I got the booze! Yeah. The celebration, Ricky! Yeah, hey! Rob, I, I can assure Look you, this, this is the first. <laughs> oh, mate, this, this, is good. this is quite civil, I think, actually. I think this is good. Although Ricky's just gone from wine to beer, which we all know. No, 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 no. I don't even know what this is. Champagne to beer, Rob. I don't want to Champagne to beer, but... sorry. Let's come to Anthony. I've mixed... And, I've mixed rum and champagne in here. Leo, shush. Anthony, let's come to you. Now, of course, we, we spoke in the last couple of days. Every time we speak, you're always very nervous about games. You, you thought that Norwich even might get something and we might not get Champions League. How are you feeling now? Buzzing, mate. I, I told you. What was there to be nervous about? I told Darren. I told Ricky. I told them all. Even, even Leo. I, I'm, I was quite <laughs> Sorry, Rob. How you doing, mate? Nice to meet you. Um, Lovely to meet mate, you too. Today, oh. wow. You know, you know the beautiful thing is, yeah. They won five one, and we won five nil, and they still didn't get Champions League. Love that. <laughs> Love that. All my Guna mates, they are getting it from all barrels tonight. Proper. <laughs> they are getting it. <laughs> Leo, how are you I'm feeling? I'm literally just walked through the door as well. Sorry, Leo. Go on. Andy, what's up, baby? What's up, love? What's up, darling? <laughs> what's up, babe? Chris, I told you we were going to do it. I told you, top four, baby. <laughs> Actually, uh, uh, earlier on in the season, you were pretty negative on this show, I must say. No, listen, listen. That's why you weren't invited on today's show, you see. <laughs> oh, no, yeah, you see something now, yeah? I'm not going to have that. I'm not going to have that. You see, because... When I came, I was, you know, I'm a positive person, right? But the first time I came on this show, you, for some reason, I was just negative. I was like, what the hell is that? <laughs> Even I, was, I was messaging Ricky it, during the week, cussing off the Spurs players. Isn't it, Ricky? I was like, what's wrong with your team? I was trying to disassociate myself with them because they were breaking my spirit in bits, right? But you know something? You know something? There's, there was one thing that just kept the fire burning. Just a little thing that kept the, the fire burning in my spirit. And do you know what that was? 
That was this guy, the serial wiener. The, the serial wiener. wiener. Him. Ah, he was the only spark. He was the only spark that kept it there, despite everyone else. I was like, but you know what? We have this guy, and he's not going to allow these chumps to bring down his legacy of being a champion. He's not going to allow these bums to, to make... No! And what did he do? <laughs> Turn them around. Got to turn around. That's what he did. <laughs> this is what he did. Listen, look at the stats right now. Listen, I was checking it out today, Chris. We are, listen, Tottenham are practically like third from Man City and Liverpool on things like, um, for example, clean sheets with um, Larice, right? Um, form, we're second, we're third to uh, Liverpool and Man City. Are you serious? Where, where were we when, when um, and Conte started off? We were like eighth or something like that. Not the form yet. that he's got Spurs in, it's like championship form. It's incredible. And just imagine now we've got top four, what that means this summer, the players that we're going to sign. When he goes into that boardroom meeting next week or whenever it is, he's going to be like this. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to bring out his cigar. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and rightly so. You know what I'm saying? And how can Levy not back that? After this, yeah, there yeah. is no way. Listen, let me tell all the Spurs fans, Levy is back in Conte. Don't worry about it. It's done. The players, let's see, man. it's done. No, there's no let's see. Andy, right, I, yeah, listen, right. Andy, listen. Right? <laughs> I, was the, I was, listen, Andy, I was... The negative person in here, even though I'm not a negative person, but Chris has made me negative. I was a negative person. No, well, no, no. In, worse, in, in fairness, in fairness every, every time you come on, uh, it was a really poor game. So, you talk about me, not me, Chris. I, I, I've never come when we've lost. No, have no, you? No, Anthony, you're the yeah, negative bro. one, right? You're the Shut negative up. one. <laughs> <laughs> I watched you last week. I watched you last week and you didn't want to, you were Mr. Sit on the fence and let's see what's going to happen. Leo, no. you're telling me, yeah, over the years, you was properly confident we was going to finish fourth. Seriously. Absolutely. Let's be honest. Of what, course. Before the North London derby. I, I, you mad. I knew, I, I said on Chris's show that we were going to finish fourth. Even when we lost against Burnley, oh, I still bro, said, I'm being serious. Even when we lost, really? Burnley, listen, rewind the tape. Rewind the tape. <laughs> Go and, rewind the tape. Tape. <laughs> Go and rewind the tape and you'll see, listen, even despite, I was at the Burnley game when we lost, right? And it was just one of those games. It was just one of those games that, you know, but I knew, listen, we have the serial winner. You've got to understand, this summer is going to be listen, different. This Spurs is a different Spurs team. This, this summer's big. Yeah, this summer's big. This summer's big. I think, um, I was listening to Rob, what you were saying. I completely get what you were saying, Rob. Um, I think we do need experience to come in now to start kicking on uh, for next season. Um, I don't want to be seeing, oh, they're going to be good in, you know, as Darren and Ricky always hear me say, but they're going to be good in 2026. Yeah, things like that. <laughs> I'm, I'm not interested in that. I want players to come in now because we've got Champions League and we do need a squad. But some of this current squad do, do need to go as well. That's my opinion. But what do you boys think? And who are those that? It's in Conte we trust. And the reason why I say that, Ricky said this a number of times, I'm going to use the passage, because when you look at Conte's signings over his managerial career, 
We've just yeah. alluded to it earlier. He doesn't care about age. Exactly. He, he gets the player that fits the mold of what he needs. Right. I read an interview that he said when he was livid with Inter when he wanted Giroud. And there was like, he passed his best bar. And he's like, no, he's the one I want because I know what I can do with him. The attributes that he has, that he fits the missing bit that I need. And I think yeah. that's why this meeting is going to be pivotal for what we're saying. Because I think that Conte, Paratici, their bond, is they're going to have to be so open together with that plan. Because if Levy sees any bit that he doesn't agree with, he's going to push back on it. Because he's the business. And I think that is what has made our stadium great, our training ground great, the facilities that we have, the brand great, because Levy's a fantastic businessman. Now we need the business on the pitch to be done by these two individuals. And, and he's and got to hand over the credit card and go, you man, do you. I'm going to sit back and put full trust in you. And if that happens, what a summer it could be. And Rob, right. Right, it's not going to be a 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 clear out. But what it's going to be is them getting who they want. We've had signings brought in that Spurs and we go, who, who sanctioned that? Who, who wanted that? And we're trying to make it work. These signings have got to be full, Paratici, Conte, and then happy days. Happy, happy yeah, days. It's got to be done early as well, Dow, isn't it? It's got to be done early. Absolutely. What, get your stuff, get your boys in now. Yeah. What, well, well, Paratici has already proven it, especially with Conte, when we look at that January transfer window. Yeah, I, I mean, we've said it. We've all said it at some point in, or, or another. But you, I mean, and Chris, you know that you know the prices. Um, was uh, it Bele and Lacelso, two of our most expensive signings that we allow to go out on loan? That's not a Levy move. That hundred million combined. That's not a Levy move. There's no way we all no. know that Levy wants to, to get some profit on his investment at every single time. Do you know what I mean? But. We saw that they paid up in the summer. They, we saw that they paid up Serge Aurier's contract because they wanted a new right back in at the time. They paid it up. They didn't get no money for him, but got him off the wage bill. Then they got rid of Delhi for no money, no money, zero pence, right? Until he, until he gets 20 league games or something, zero pence is coming to us. He then got rid of our two biggest signings. Now, Hill, I've got a feeling in my soul that he will come back. I don't know whether it's this season, but he will definitely come back uh, at some point. I think he's going to go. I, I believe he should go on loan to um, a championship side or a, uh, a or, or a newly promoted side to build up his strength because yeah. he's already he's already working the plan out in Spain. He's already building up his strength um, and his physicality out in Spain, so that when he comes back, he can do, he can deal with the matter. He can deal with the Premiership and he can deal with what's being put forward to him and, and the defenders on, on on him, left, right and centre. But that January period and the fact that Levy sanctioned those four to go out and only brought in two, only brought in two. So if you can only bring in two and transform the side, what happens when wow. Conte says, I want this yep. and that, and Paratici is like, all right, I got you, bro. Just let's, let's just hypothetically think about Kostic on the left wing back and Jed Spence on the right wing back. Now, two different ages, but very good abilities. Do you know what I mean? Very good. Like, they would fit Conte system left, right, and center. And that, that could tr transform us as yeah, well I mean, and go on to our next level. I've, well, I've, banged the Jed, I've banged the Jed Spence jump for a long time. And I, and I said to you, Dow, didn't I, last week on Chris's show, I think, he, I think under Conte, that type of player it would thrive 100%. 100%. He's young, he's energetic, he's athletic. 
and he and he can and he can put a, put a ball in the box. Do you know what I mean? So, listen, well, let's see what happens, man. We'll finish the show with uh, potential incomings and outgoings, but I just wanted to talk a little bit before that uh, about the most improved player and your moment of this Premier League season. Um, now, this is my moment of the Premier League season. Madison. 15 minutes to play. Hoy-Pierre hooks it forward. Doherty in behind. Bergvine! They've got it! Stephen Bergvine! 2-2 into the final moments! The substitute comes to Spurs' rescue! Kane, surely not another twist. Good ball from Kane. Bergvine is in! Is he going to win the game? He is! Stephen Bergvine! I don't believe it! That is incredible! The Flying Dutchman! Two late, late goals! Oh, Rob, yeah. What a moment. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was, that was, in, it, was uh, it was ridiculous, wasn't it, really? And now you look, every point was vital. That was Spurs needed every single point basically to get Champions League. Yeah, it was uh, it was unbelievable, and I don't know what's going to happen with Stevie Bergvine. I, I suspect he might not stick about because he'll want to play. You know, he wants to play football, doesn't he? I think Conte would happily have him in the squad, but I think he's like uh, been like this for two years and needs to play. But that moment was just um, unrivaled and probably as close to um, Ajax as we've seen, isn't it? In terms of just what. Like, what? what was that? Yeah. It was just, uh, it was special, really special. Yeah, yeah 20, 25 uh, games for Bergvine, um, 21 from the sub bench, three goals. I would expect him to move on as well, Rob. But, um, you know, talking as um, talking about uh, moments of the season, is, is that up there for you? Is that your uh, best moment of this Premier League season for you? Probably, yeah. Probably, yeah. But, I mean, it's really hard to like look past the North London derby. And yeah. like what a special night that was for like a myriad of reasons. Like not only um, the way the first half panned out and how it changed the whole context of top four. Um, it was just like, it was just such a special game. And it probably before Bergvine, it was probably Son against City. And then it was probably Bergvine. And then, I don't know, maybe Kane second. Uh, Kane, yeah, Kane second against Arsenal. Probably, yeah. Ricky, what about your favourite moment of the season? <laughs> <laughs> What the fuck? <laughs> what is that? What happened? Oh, yeah. Leo. That what story. happened? What happened? Leo, it's the funniest story. What happened? Tell me, someone. What? No, He's gone. So, go on, Chris. So, Ricky and Chris were going to meet at Watford. Spurs, Watford. Watford, Spurs. What, again? Yeah. Right. Yeah, listen. Uh, did you know the story? No, is this a, is this, is this a, go on, you tell me, go on, go on, go on. So, go on. so Ricky turns up at, at Wyatt Lane, walking down the high road, whistling away, talking to himself, all, you know, getting all, getting all excited for the game. And Ricky, Chris calls Ricky, and R- Ricky answers the phone and says, yeah, bro, yeah, man, I'm in, um, I'm, in, I'm, I'm in the shop, I'm in the Spurs shop. And Chris says, what, the Watford Spurs shop? And Chris, Chris started laughing. So it turns out Ricky, Ricky went to the Ricky went to Spurs ground because he thought Spurs were playing Watford. You know, he's always mucking about, and I genuinely thought that he was in the Watford shop. And I thought, what else is he in the Watford shop? What's he buying in there? 
<laughs> Seriously. Ricky, that's the story of the season, bro. That is the best. Nobody will let it go. Not only did I hear you drop it when we were speaking about Blue, when you you and Darren and and Chris were speaking about Blue and the tour, not only did you drop it then, but I heard Chris drop it today in in the pre before the match, the the, the pre Spurs chat. He dropped it again about Satnav. I'm like, is is he all right? It's like, what's going on? It. No one will let this. You know how much I love you. Rick, you know no, how much I love you, mate, right? Listen, I'm, you're, I'm the, going. you're the one that, I'm off. Bro, you're the one that Instagrammed the photo. <laughs> no, I didn't. No, I didn't. I did. I didn't. I did. I did. I did. Oh, did you? Chris, <laughs> I, I sent it. Listen, I sent that picture to Chris going, mate, I'm at YR Lane. Like, <laughs> to let him know that I, I was up and about and I was, you know, like I wasn't sleeping at home. Do you know? I wasn't making an excuse. I, I was actually at YR Lane. So I took that picture and I sent it to him. <laughs> And then when I was speaking to him, he was like, I'm going to, I'm going to insta this. And I'm like, nah, Chris, you don't have to do that, bro. Listen, I didn't even finish the sentence. By the time I finished the sentence, he was already online. I'm like, are you for real? Are you guys? Oh my gosh. Um, I'm so glad Watford have gone down. Let me tell you. (laughs) Rick, Rick, so so what was your favorite moment of the season? My favorite of the moment, my favorite moment of the season. Do you know what? The North London derby was next level. The Liverpool game was next level. The Man City Kane last minute winner, next level. Bergie, yeah. your moment, next level. But today, to get over the line today in the way that we did with five goals, with Sonny getting the golden boot, with, with Benticor playing out of his skin, with Hoiberg the warrior, with I, I'm like just blown away by today. And the fact that we've secured that full spot, the fact that we was we, we had songs being sung about us getting battered every single week at the beginning of this season. Do you know what I mean? But pre-Christmas, West Ham, they, they they were high. You know, the Gooners, they were high. And then and it, listen, we was getting that song, Chelsea, they were high. Even we, we we was getting that song sung about us at the darts. At the it wasn't at the football, at the darts. <laughs> They were singing Spurs get back. And look at us now, bruv. Look at us now. Today, there were so many people that believed that Pookie was going to score a hat-trick and put us under. They, they believed that the Spursy banana skin was going to come out and we was going to slip up again. But look at us today. Are you for real, bruv? Look at us today. Top bloody well four. Top four, bruv. We dealt with that. And nobody, there's not one pundit out there that predicted us to be in top four. In fact, if you would have suggested that we was in top four, they would have laughed at you, bruv. They would have laughed at you because they knew how far we had sunk. But right now, we are back. So today, having a confirmation that we are back, having a confirmation that everyone should be scared of us by the time we come back to the beginning of the next season. Are you for real? The fact that we've got a world-class manager, Chris, like you say every single time, and I love that about you as well. I've got to say, the, the Sky Sports interview before the North London derby, when you was on with Robbie and they were talking about managers between Arteta and Conte, and, and Robbie's going crazy. He's waxing lyrical about Arteta. And Chris just comes in with, yeah, but we've got a world-class manager. I was cracking up. No, I it was, was we've got a world-class manager in Antonio Conte and you've got Mikel Arteta. That's what I said. <laughs> <laughs> Bro. And also, and also, we've got this.
Leo, what's your favourite moment of the season? Mate, you know what? I was going to say the uh, Man City game, Bergwijn. Then I was thought, you know what? I'm going to say the, um, the Kane header. But listen, Champagne Ricky is right. It has to be the day. It has to be for me because do you know the abuse I was getting from Arsenal fans? Do you know in the, in my WhatsApp group, the abuse these gunners were giving? Even when we battered them 3-0, they were still saying, oh, we're still, we're still above you. Yeah, we still got this. They, they, had, they were giving me the abuse. But you know what? I said no. I believe we're going to get top four. And I started my abuse to Arsenal. <laughs> I, took, I took a punt. I know Anthony doesn't like to do it, but I took a punt. I started my abuse before the Arsenal game. I said, you lot are rubbish. You're going to get battered and we're going to get top four. Even though that I had doubts, but you know, I had that Conte thing there. I had that Conte thing there, right? I said, you know what? I'm going to go out on the limb and I'm going to start my abuse then because I knew that if we did get the top four, I'd have a whole two weeks of beautiful abuse to the Gunners. Do you understand what I'm saying? And I did it. And we did it. So listen, Chris, today is the day of the season where we get... Champions League, where Son gets his golden boots. Do you know what? what I'm saying? Are you mad? Come on. Where we now have an amazing, listen, we have an amazing summer to look forward to. Because when I open the, the Instagram or the when I look at the back pages of the papers and it shows who we're linked to, I'm just going to be like, yeah, we're in a different market to, to a team that's in, in Europa. We're, we're, we're dealing with the big players now. We can now attack. We can attack players that we want because we have Conte and they'll come because of him. They'll come because of the job that he's done. The fact that he took Spurs from mid-table where we were to where we are now. They can see how he's improved players. What do you think he's going to do? What's Anthony doing? What, don't look at that. What, 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 what is that, mate? What is that? Listen, Chris, take him off. Take him off. Hook him off. Sub him. Sub. Where's my board? And... And what's your what's your favourite memory of the season? Or favourite um, moment? I, I think favourite moment for me would be like us against NS Mura. That was that was a really uh, good time. Really... <laughs> oh come on, <laughs> NS Mura! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you know? No, do you know? Should I tell you? I, I, should I tell I you? I went to every single moment? one of those away games in the Europa Conference League and still didn't see us win. <laughs> Chris, should I tell you a defining moment of our season? Birdwine, uh Leicester is definitely up there for me. But I'm, you're going to laugh and I'm going to get slaughtered for this. But it's you're the 3-0 right. loss against Man United. Yeah. That was Darren, the game. Darren said that earlier. He said it earlier. Oh, sorry, yeah, brother. Yeah, but how no, was that right. the game come that on. made you... Hold on. No, come on. Leo. Leo, Leo, listen, listen. That was the I know game where you're coming from. I get what you're saying. It, it turned. And then yeah. I... I I was watching the game. I switched it off, and I went. I'm sorry if if if, we, if nothing changes, we are going to be properly mid-table this season. And obviously, the man, the main man, came in and has turned it around. And look where we are today. So you've got to sometimes take a loss on the chin and go. Maybe that that was the, the moment where you know the board and Levy thought we've got to do something here because I dread well, to think where we would be if 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 Nuno was still in charge. No disrespect to the man. But I dread to think. I'm sure Ricky and Darren will agree with me that the phone calls have got better since Antonio Conte has arrived. Absolutely, with you, bruv. 
Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. I, I still have my little moments. I still have my moments, don't I, please? Absolutely. <laughs> Darren, you? Darren, no, bruv. <laughs> you told us from the beginning of the season we're finishing top four. You said that from early. I know, I know. Ain't, I know. ain't, it, Winks, ain't it Winks the most, most improved player or something? So, Wasn't that your vote? What? I hear you. What? <laughs> yeah, surely the goal of the season for you, Ant, is Harry Winks against Morgan, no? Oh, that's up there. Definitely up there. Um, I think for me, the goal of the season, wow. Um, I think it's Sonny's against Leicester. Unbelievable. Oh, yeah. yeah. Fantastic. I said, that, I said that on Sky Sports the other day. Yeah, it was brilliant. I love it. Love it. Now, what about me, you? Your favourite moment. I touched on this earlier, and, and I'm in the same place as Anne. That Man United game, El Sachiko, because when you look back at our season, that is one that that's the pivotal moment. Because if we look at where Spurs were at the start of the season, we were linked with Conte, and we didn't make the move. He was available then. We didn't make the move for whatever reason. The board decided that was not the direction they wanted to go in. But after El Sachiko, they realised. That was the option we had to do. That was the changing gear that we needed. And I'm hoping that as we go forward in this legacy, we will then, as Ant just said there, look back at that turning point and go, that appointment changed the way Spurs have been going forward. And then we can really enjoy this new look Spurs and this new era that we are potentially embarking on. Because right now, I know, Leo, you peaked and you went straight in on an Arsenal fan. I held off. And I didn't hold off through fear. I held off because I always believed we were getting top four. I held off because it was sweeter. It was sweeter to win the derby and say nothing. And just let them get themselves angry. Waiting for my message to tell me the reply (laughs) that I know they're going to say. Going, you ain't got top four yet. So I waited. And now today, no one's answering their phone. If you look on my Twitter, I posted something in August. There's a video that I've reposted for you, reminding you that when you're in need, call me. When you need a friend, call me, because I know you're in pain right now. And that pain ain't going away, because we're going to be inflicting pain for a while. Until the new season starts, I'm going to be here waiting for you. So Arsenal fans, don't run. Don't run. I'm here, babies. I'm here. Don't run. Dow, they've been running since December, bruv. Let's not. Let's not. Don't tell them to go run. I told them. They've I'm been here. running since December. They're long distance, fifteen hundred meter runners, bruv. Like, don't do it to them. Don't do it to them. Rob, let's come to you. Um, you mentioned earlier about Antonio Conte has improved so many players within this squad. Who has he improved the most for you? Eric Dyer. I think yeah. Eric Dyer had sort of hit a. I'd sort of hit a moment with uh, with him where I thought, oh, maybe he needs to move on. That maybe this is. This isn't going to happen here. Maybe he could rebuild his career as a centre-back, say for Aston Villa, or that kind of level of club, and then come back and be a proper England player again. I just felt like it just wasn't happening for him. Too many individual areas. He seemed uncertain in certain situations. We were talking about this earlier, me, Darren and Ricky. But then I just feel like when Conte said, you you can be the best in your position in Europe, as one of the, the middle of the back three, I think Conte meant it, and I think Dyer believed him, and then he's just been flawless. Like I was saying earlier, I'd be staggered if he wasn't in the England squad now, particularly given the drop-off of someone like Harry Maguire. Yeah. Now, I'd, if I was scared now and you're looking to play a back three like he has done, I'd have Eric Dyer as the, the guy in the heart of it, because I don't think <clears throat> England aren't blessed at centre-back, are they? 
I, th- I feel like he's the best, the best option, and I think he's been tremendous. And I was, I normally do a thing at Twitter at the end of the season, like my players of the season, like top five. I probably have Eric Dyer above Kane and below Son. I, I think he's been that good, and I know Romero's been trans- transformative in that back three as well. But I think what he's done with Eric Dyer is just unbelievable, unbelievable. Because say you'd sell Eric Dyer at the time, what would you get for Eric? 10, 15 million, gave Delhi away for nothing, you know, and he's turning back into one of the best around. He feels like a proper centre-back, proper centre-back to me. Yeah, I totally agree. Ricky? I I mean, I, I agree with Rob there about Dyer right there. I mean, how how, how much that guy's transformed and, and how he's adapted to Conte's tactics and how he's, you know, not only battled in the Premiership, but battled the Spurs fans. And I don't mean that in a physical way, but I mean, you know, like we, we, there's been a lot of criticism of him over the years. Even when he went into centre-back, <clears throat> even from myself, I, I, I felt that the back of his head, we saw the back of his head way too much. And we saw the, 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 the goal, our own goal bulging way too much with him in him in the middle but he learned from it and he's taking it on and you know Dyer's next level but for me the player of the season the most improved player of the season I I think it has to be Davies because Davies wasn't even getting a look in before Conte turned up he wasn't look we we spoke about Nuno uh, me uh, Rob and Darren earlier we spoke about Nuno being in charge and speaking about the, the the back free system he always had Davies there if he wanted a left centre-back to put, you know, with Dyer and Sanchez, if he wanted. But he chose not to. But as soon as Conte turned up, and his first game, I'm lucky enough to say that I was there. It was a, a Europa Conference game, thanks to the old man in the corner there, old CC. Um, <clears throat> no, but um, to see Davies start first game, and all of us, I think every Tottenham fan was kind of squinting, going, what? All right, Davy. A lot of us know that Davies can play that position, but we were still squinting and kind of going, "Is he going to be?" But the the, the way that he's he, his performances have changed from that that moment in time where Conte turned up to this moment right here, where against Liverpool he was bl- blocking shots left, right, and centre. Where he he nearly scored today. He's not only been solid, but he's been dynamic. You know, if he, he's not only been able to play at left centre back, but when we've when a right wing back has gone off. He's Davies has been able to go to left wing back so that Sessignon can go to right wing back and then we can keep the same system. Do you know what I mean? So I think for me, Davies, it, he, he's been the most improved player. He's, he he's only, be- uh, Ricky, he's only failed to start. He started 27 of Conte's 28 Premier League games. He started, only missed one. That's how important and- he's been. And and look at the substitutions as well in the last couple of games. So uh, uh, against the Gooners, he got the yellow card. And not only was he super disciplined, unlike Holding, but he was super disciplined, super on it, and still being dynamic within his role. And then we brought him off at a pivotal time, a great time, and then brought Roden on. Okay, cool. You're on for the last 15. But we took David... There's been times that we've taken him off at the right times because we need to keep him. He's become important. He's become very important to the system that Conte's playing. The only left-sided defender that we have, he's become 
super important to the balance that we provide on the field and, and going forward and in defence. So for me, Davies has been the most improved player um, by far, by far. And, and now if we were supporting him on the transfer list, I'd be upset. He needs to at least be in the squad. Do you know what I mean? He has to be. That fantastic block at Anfield as well, Rick. Yeah. Bro, um, Leo, bro. Leo, let's come to you. Um, same question. Yeah, you know what? I think it's, it's, it's going to be down to those two guys, Dyer and Davies, for sure. Um, you know, the thing about Dyer is, like, you, we know with the back three that we have now, like, we've not been conceding goals. I, th- I think, you know, in the past, you know, several games, we've just been keeping clean sheets, you know? It's not like the Spurs where it's, like, 4-2, 3-2. We're doing, like, two nils, one nils, four nils, five nils. I mean, it's, it's beautiful. And the thing about it is like even, you know, sometimes the fact that you don't know it's a player, but they're always playing and you're getting good results. Like I see that with Dyer, is that he's not, you know, obviously with Davis, you see Davis with the last ditch tackles and stuff like that, which is fantastic. You see Romero doing his skills and all that sort of stuff. But with Dyer, it's like, it's, it's just like a solid performance. It's like, there's no mistakes. Whereas like, you know, before earlier there was like, back passes that went astray. It's just solid performance. He's getting his head to everything. When crosses are coming in, he's getting his heads to it. He's just doing the simple thing. And we're just, we're just move progressing. Just every game is like clean sheets. It's like, I can't even remember the last time we really conceded where I'm like, oh, because where we even felt we were going to concede because defense, the whole defense is like a unit. The whole team's a unit. So for me, Dyer is, um, is I would say, one of the most improved players. And, and like what Rob and Ricky said, Davies as well. Because, again, at the beginning of the season, I was thinking definitely he's the first one to go, like, for sure. Like him, I, you know, I was rattling off names. They're, they're going, they're going, they're going. But, again, it's because we have this guy that he's able to, to see something in players that obviously we might not see, but bring that out and then give them the confidence for them to go out and do what they're doing. Even players like Sanchez, I'm not even giving abuse to anymore. Like, you know how what I felt about him. Even um, Royale is even improving in the, the last uh, uh, games that we've been playing. So right now, listen, if, if Conte was to say, Leo, I want to take your mum right back, right back, I'd be like, mate, you know, like, I can, whatever, yeah, I can, you know, whatever you want to do, mate, listen, I trust in you. <laughs> because, you know, that's, that's literally... invited these two on? <laughs> it had nothing to do with me. It was all Darren. It was Darren Paul. It had nothing to do with me. I was just, I was just concentrating on this show and then something happened. It, but it had nothing to do with me, though, Chris. It's got nothing to do with What are you talking about? But you know uh, it's true. So that's, that's, that's what it is. That's what it is. So I say, yeah, Davies and Dyer for me, the, the most improved players. Anthony, would you go along with that? 100%. Yeah, I said Dyer last week and I'm going to stick with Dyer. Um, I think one thing for Dyer for sure this season is he's, he's, he's matured. He's maturing into, into a very good, knowledgeable centre-half, um, reads the game well, can pass the ball now. Um, whereas before, he always had a he had always had always a mistake in him. And as Leo just said now, alluded to, he's not done a lot this season where you think, oh, why is he doing that? He's been consistently good this season. And if Conte can get the best out of Dyer, then, wow, what a manager. Do you know what I mean? So, Davis as well. Um, Davis does his job. I think he's matured as well. He's maturing. But Dyer, for me, has gone from, you know, 0 to, to 100 in nine months. So, long may that continue. And I, and, I, and I want him to do well next season as well. 
Can I just say one thing? Even Mourinho, when uh, last season, when Mourinho especially praised Dyer, when Dyer, you know, he's like, I want to put Dyer in the centre back. And even though I was like, Dyer at centre back. But Mourinho said that Dyer had something in him and he could be truly one of the best in that position. You know, again, we're talking about, you know, you know, serial winners in management saying that about a player. You have to say, well, they obviously see some, something about him. And it's proven true because he's, he's formidable and for sure he has to get into the England team. All these managers have loved Dyer, though. Um, yeah. Darren, is it, is, it, is it Dyer or Davis for you? Or another player? Um, no, for me, it, it's Ben Davis. But I've, I've said that a number of times just for what he's done. However, because everyone's covered that, I just want to do an honourable shout-out to Davidson Sanchez. Because yeah. to come in in this last patch of the season, when it's pressure games, North London derby onwards, you just see what Conte is doing on the training field with these individuals. Because his composure... His passing ability has improved. His concentration on the pitch has improved. It just shows you the kind of manager we have. So, yeah, the guys have covered exactly who I've picked as our most improved. But just an honourable shout-out to Davidson coming in in this last period and being immense. You know, yeah, before we move on, you know, yeah, before on. we move on, just while we're on the subject, I remember my very first Spurs talk, right? And it was with Anthony Costa and Richard Cracknell. Crackers, right? And I, uh, Poch is in charge, and we were speaking about Poch, and we are speaking about, you know, how good he is or how he's improved. And the biggest improvement for me at that point was Moussa Dembele. Before Pochino turned up, Moussa Dembele, uh, however gifted he was, he was very much like a headless chicken. There's very many times that he ran into players, and he, we didn't know what position he played. Was he midfield? Was he up front? Was he number 10? There was many a things that was happening with Moussa Dembele, but as soon as Poch got hold of him, I was like, wow. He Not only has he given him direction, he's given him purpose, right? And, and he's believed in his ability. And we know, with everybody spoken about uh, who's played with Moussa Dembele, everyone's uh, uh, spoken about how he's the most creative and he's the most skillful and he's the, he's the best player they've ever, ever played with in training. But we wasn't seeing it at Spurs. Only until Poch turned up, and I was I said to Costa and Crackers at that time, that's the that's the measure of a manager when you can take a player that is a bit in the doldrums but has everything to give, and and turn him into the player that he then became. It's the same what's happened with Conte right now with the players that we're speaking about in Dyer and Davies and in Emerson and Cessignon and the the it, Doherty. Doherty was way at, out of left field and. We'll speak about those that are in, you know, incoming and outgoings, you know, in a moment. But the the way that Conte has improved the players in the squad that we have had from Titanic FC to Phoenix FC, do me a favor, do me a favor. This guy is is world class. This guy is doing tremendous work, and that's that that if that's an example, if Dyer and Davies are an example of his work, I'm super excited to see what comes next. Let me tell you. Can I can I also touch upon another thing, lads, <clears throat> and people listening and watching? One thing Antonio's done, us as a fan base, we've come together. Yeah. Okay. When Mourinho got appointed, I, I personally was excited. Again, serial winner, blah, blah, let's see what he's got to do with Tottenham. And Darren, to the right of me, we had a big old chat. Darren and I agreed with each other. But me, myself and Ricky had a full-on argument, full-on debate argument. And it, yeah. it, it and it got messy, not in a like horrible way, but it got really, really, um, really no, that was, that, that was that was Mourinho Costa. 
that's what I'm saying. Oh, sorry. No, no, that's what I just said. But what I've I'm got drunk heroes. Like, yeah, of course you have. Um, <laughs> I, I think what, what, what Antonio's done is he's brought the fan base together. And I, for one, am absolutely loving what's going on because it can only get better. If you back the manager, you give him the players he wants. If it works, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be electric. It really, really is. And I'm excited. And the thing, and the thing is, Ant, if you're happy, then it must be good. <laughs> it really must. Cost is happy. It's all good. And do you think you ever, you think you ever say on this show that the trophies are coming? Go on. Go on. Right, Rich, Come on. Rich, you know what I'm like, mate. The trophies are always coming. Do you know what I mean? So, um, I, I listen. We're old. We're old school Spurs fans from the '90s, and we've 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 lived through a lot of rubbish. Um, so this year, this season has been absolutely phenomenal, and um, long may it continue. And I, and I can't wait. I really, really can't wait, man. What's, what's, what's around the corner? But it's just lovely that all the Spurs fans are just together as one. So good. So good to see. Yeah. Well, lastly, I'm very conscious of time. We've been nearly, we've been talking for nearly two hours. Let's talk about the transfer and we've got window. Full. Oh, we did. Sorry. <laughs> you might have time to that question. Yeah, this season. Rob, let's start with you. Transfer window. Um, who do you think will leave in the summer? Uh, what players do you think Antonio Conte and Fabio Prachi will be targeting in the summer positions? Uh, feel free to name players. If you don't want to name players, that's fine. Give us some numbers, what you think is going to happen. Um, and what would please you as a Spurs fan uh, to happen? I think it, I think it'll be like four first-team players out and five-ish in. I think I reckon they'll do a couple of smart free transfers. Prachi was a master at that Juve. And I think the club should still be knocking around Ericsson. You know, I think that oh, yes. that should still be a target. I don't see that as harping back to a glory era and trying to like recreate that. I think it's just he's worked with Conte before. He knows the club. He looks like he's back to his best. Brentford players are saying he's been their player of the season, even though he's been half the year. Half the year. It makes sense to me and it gives Spurs another dynamic. Philip Kostic would be one. You know, I cover the Bundesliga and I've seen so much of him over the past few years. He tried to get out of the club last summer and fell out with them and then ended up staying and so great success. He looks made for the system. He's just up and down, up and down, up and down all day long. And he's got unbelievable service. Like Harry Kane would love that service. Um, and then I think a backup strike, if they can sign someone like Nataro Martinez, that's a calibre strike I think you have to go for. Not a backup kind of striker for Kane, that kind of calibre. Another centre-back from Syria, probably to replace Ben Davis, actually in that back three. Not to sell Ben Davis, but you, could, you probably could upgrade in that position. Um, and then another centre midfielder, someone of Benton Cause quality. So I think it's a lot of money. That's probably like 150, blah, blah, blah. And then, but some of the players that they've signed, maybe in Dombali, just have to cut your losses, sell him for 15, 20 if he's not got a place around the club. I think he's been on the bench for Leon a bit, hasn't he, as well? So um, I think Ndombele will go. I think Winks might want football. I think Bergheim might want football. And then, given you want wing backs, I think one or two have to go out. Which two, I don't know. And given, I don't know, out of the four, I don't know who stays now. I'm really, I'd say Sessegnon. I think he'd like to have Sessegnon around. And then Emerson or Matt Doherty, I'm not sure. Rob, do you think it's realistic that Ericsson could come back? Oh, yeah. Yeah, why not? <laughs> what, what, what is the, what's the barrier? That I would, I, I, I would love him back. <clears throat> where, where, where would he fit in? Whose position would he take? That's a yeah, bad, bad I th position. Well, I think, 
I think I think part of the thing at the minute is that the the, when you, the, the irony is now when you play Spurs, you know what the system's going to be. It's three four three, and that there's been uh, Conte did play four at the back a couple of times this season, but that. But if you have Ericsson, you can go three four one two, or whatever it might be. He could play in the front three. He's not going to play in the mid, midfield two with Hoybier Bentancourt. But it's it's where Ericsson sees his career now. Does he see himself as playing starting fifty games a season? If so, it wouldn't be the right move for him. But if he sees himself starting twenty five thirty and playing in the Champions League, being part of Conte's thing again, I think it does. Yeah. I think it does make sense. And it isn't inconceivable he plays in the front three wide, just not doing what Son does, just doing something else. Uh, Rob, lastly for you, um, do you see the likes of Galini and Joe Roden, Harry Winks, Stephen Bergvine? Do you oh, see no. the likes of them leaving? I, I imagine Joe will go, wouldn't he? I think, I think some of these are like they just need football. So I imagine I'd be surprised yeah. if Galini, unless they just renewed the loan, he seems very popular. You don't need your backup keeper too much. But then there's a lot of talk about like Sam Johnston, isn't there? And um, Fraser Forster, is that another one? As a backup, yeah. so then I don't know if there's you paid the loan fee for Galini. I can't see that happening. And then Joe Roden probably just needs to play football. And and Conte said he was Dyer's backup, but then when Dyer was injured, Roden didn't come in. He reshuffled the back three. So I imagine he, he likes Roden, and he's been so impressed with his commitment in training. I think that's been apparent. Um, but he's played he's played about twenty minutes of Premier League football since the three 0 loss at Palace. So I don't, I don't think he's part of Conte's plans. I imagine. Well, he's only had three sub appearances all season in the Premier League. Yeah, I, I, yeah. One for Nuno and two for Conte, and they've come in the past ten days. One to yeah. West Davis, as Ricky was saying. So, um, yeah, I'd, I'd be surprised if Joe Roden's still there next season. Ricky, let's come to you. I'm expecting a huge summer. I really am hoping for a huge summer as well. And as I said earlier about world class players, wouldn't it be nice if we could sign a world class player this summer? Yeah, but I, I mean, absolutely, it'd be it'd be phenomenal. But it, it's like uh, it's not really about that. It's it's whatever Conte wants. In Conte, we trust. So whatever Conte wants, whatever Conte needs. We've spoken about the wing backs, right? So for 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 me, a lot of Spurs fans, and I love this, but a lot of Spurs fans are, are like getting hyped over Doherty and what Doherty done when he started to find form. But if we really look. At, at what that is. He only found form for five, six games or whatever the case may be before he got injured. Uh, he only turned up this end of the year. He's already had a season and a half. Do you know what I mean? But he only turned up really and started to give real performances uh, from January onwards. Do you know what I mean? Until he got injured. That's when we saw a, a, a change in him. I think we've seen the ceiling of what Docky E can bring. Plus with his age. So for me, the fact that he's shown uh, a turn of form means that we can get, we, we, we can ask eight to 10 million for him and get some money in. And, and I, I, I foresee some teams being interested in him. I would, I, if I had to choose between Emerson and Doherty right now, to be fair, I would choose Royale. Reason being is his age. Uh, we haven't seen his ceiling. Uh, we've seen him step up when re responsibility has been put on his shoulders, when there's been nobody to, to kind of give him a break or to take responsibility off of him. The responsibility has been on him. And the fact that he's been solid and the fact that he's been trying... Conte, is Chris gone? <laughs> Conte has kind of simplified his game so that we can get the best out of Royale. 
If we look at uh, Sessegnon, we all know that Conte loves off Sessegnon because he keeps making it apparent. So, if, uh, me personally, I really like Regulon. I think that there's, a, again, a high ceiling for him. I think he's adapting to a left wing back role instead of a left back role. Um, but if we can get 40 million in for him and get Kostic or get Sosa, Rob, I'd love you to talk about Sosa, the young uh, Croatian guy as well at some point, because, you know, he's got a dynamite uh, cross on him. Um, but if we could get somebody like that to come in, it ch- totally changes our game. Weston McKenney, another kind of, uh, another Juventus player. But if you see how well that Weston McKenney plays box to box, and um, how Juventus's season changed when he got injured, especially within the Champions League. They got knocked out by Villarreal in the Champions League. And that a, a big reason of that was because Weston McKennie wasn't there controlling the midfield. And I think he is a very good player that could come in as a midfielder in replace of someone like Winks or, or, or Lo Celso or someone else. Do you know what I mean? Like, so I, I, I think, I, the, I think, I think you're right. I think the four will be, be Hoyvier, Benton, or Skip. And then skip, and then one and more, and one other. Yeah, yeah. You saying and, to and, keep or to get rid of? Is that what you're saying? To keep? Say, say it again. You saying? Are you saying to keep Ben? What are you saying? Those guys. To, to say? Benson Core, um, Hoiberg, and Skip to keep. Right. Uh, winks to go, but like we, uh, like another midfielder, a bit of a dynamic boxer. Boxer. I think McKenny could work in as that full central midfielder. And then if we bring in someone like Ericsson, who's a, who, like Rob was saying there earlier, who we all know what he brings to the table, but on a free transfer, on somebody that's got a second chance in life, on somebody who's showing a tremendous form for Brentford, um, on somebody that's showing a corner and a free kick that can pass the first man, um, you know, um, it, could, it, it, it could change the options that Conte has. When he's going from a back three, to maybe a back four, or maybe he's going from a two in midfield to a three in midfield, it gives him options. Do you know what I mean? So um, him on a three would would be tremendous. And then if we look at our front three, our front three today were devastating. Kulu, two. Sonny, two. Kane, one. So whoever comes into this front three has got to be on that level. He's got to be on par with them. And, And whoever that is, I'm happy with. But the biggest, the, the biggest areas is that left centre back, mm. the 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 wing backs, and and that other midfielder is the, is the essentials for me right now. I agree with you. I think definitely the wing backs for sure. I think that's where because we've got into so many great opportunities and we've just the final ball has been dreadful. You know, especially coming down like either with Royale or or um, whoever's on the on on the left hand side. It's like we get into. There's so much space, and it's just a case of whether we beat the man or, or we're able to whip the cross in. But we get into those spaces, and it's just dead balls. So I know that if we had a proper someone that could proper deliver those balls in those areas, we'd probably we would probably been t- made top four by now already. Do you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. And, 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 and and then with the reserve goalkeeper right here, DJBP has Look. said Nick Nick Pope over Fraser Forster. And let me just address this. Darren is the goalkeeping expert, right? So I know he watches goalkeepers and defenders. So uh, he, he can give some insight in a moment. But let me just address this for a second. Nick Pope is going to cost money. Simple, simple. Let me just keep it simple. How much you reckon? It don't matter. Whatever it is, it, get taken, it gets taken out of the midfielder, the wing back or the striker 
uh, budget. Do you understand what I'm saying? So right yeah, now, Burnley are not going to go on. Go on. Go, I'm go, Burnley go on, just been, Burnley, Burnley just been relegated. So, yeah, yeah they're going to want to sell, but they're not going to want silly money. But even if it's 15, 20 million, bro, that's 15 and 20 million that has been taken out of, of other areas. And so, I'm saying, so freight, you're saying what? that basically Larice, you're saying that Larice is going to be here then? Because if Larice goes, oh, no, then, yeah. yeah, that's what you're saying. Larice has signed a new deal. And for me, Larice is still the number one. They're looking for a number two. And if we could get somebody in that could start as a number two and progress to a number one, then fantastic. But from what the reports we're seeing, and we can't take, we have to take them with a punch of salt because Paratici, when he deals in transfers, he deals with eight people in the same position. He will secure six of them and he will choose one of them. Do you understand what I'm saying? So there's always going to be reports. So Nick Pope is going to cost money. Fraser mm-hmm. Forrester is a free. Sam Johnson is a free. So as a backup number two keeper, I think we should be going for the freeze. The same reason we're not going to spend money on Galini. How much will Galini cost? 13 to 15 mil? We're, we're not going to be on that because of... Um, oh, Shizer. One minute. Damn it. <laughs> Press the button. That's Costa's fault. Um, no, but we're, we're not going to spend that money um, on, a, on a keeper where it can go in a different position right now. I think, I think we can at least trust Lloris and a backup keeper of Forster's caliber or um, Johnson's. What's his name? What's his name, Dal? What's the other one? Who? West Brom? West Brom goalkeeper? That we're after? Sam Johnson, is it Johnson? Yeah, Sam Johnson, yeah. yeah. Johnson. All right, sorry. The, the, the champs got to my brain. But either which one, <laughs> both of those come in as a free and will do a decent job as a number two. Nick Pope is going to cost money. He's 29 about to be 30. I know his prime years are coming, but I just think it's easier and it's, it's better financially to go for somebody on a free as a number two. And then we, we, we can actually concentrate on a real goalkeeper, a real number one next year. Do you know what I mean? Boys, I'm going to chip off, man. Are you done? I was going to end the show there anyway, Ant. So uh, thank you so much to all of you for coming on. Um, Rob, I can't thank you for your time enough it's been an absolute pleasure having you on and tell everyone where they can find you on social media yeah at rob t daily on twitter and uh thanks for having me chris lovely to meet you all oh i've been following your natterings on twitter for a while so it's lovely to actually meet you all properly yeah thank you so much rob and uh ricky <laughs> i can't thank I, I can't thank you enough for all of your time this season um i'm sure your answers get longer as the uh, as these episodes go on yeah no it does bruv Especially when you got me drinking as well, especially on the celebration. <laughs> but um, yes, no, listen, all, always, always an honour and a pleasure. I apologise for the chaos that uh, Leo and Costa created. I oh, thought it'd be a party. I thought it'd be a party atmosphere. That's why I, I sent the link. All right. Well, bye, it is. It's a party <laughs> atmosphere, baby. But no, I love it. <laughs> Thank you, Chris, always for allowing this therapy session and this celebration um to happen man it's always been an honor and a pleasure and i look forward to next season thank you bro 
actually, before I uh, um, say goodbye to everyone else, um, I just wanted to thank all of the viewers this season because um, there have been over 10 million views throughout this season wow. on the channel. So that is absolutely incredible. So thank you so much for all of your support. And uh, also the audio versions. Um, we've gone in the top 10 in a number of countries across Europe. Um, Cyprus, we were number one uh, football podcast last week. So I can't thank Come you on. enough for all of your support. Um, Leo, um, thanks so much for coming on. Thank you. Thank you for not inviting me. I really appreciate it. Former singer with the streets, what, what are you up to at the moment? Oh, well, listen, actually, I'm just, uh, I'm just starting, well, I don't say starring, but I'm, I appear in a, a new BBC uh, comedy called Here We Go. It's on BBC iPlayer right now. So check that out. I play a, a, a what do I play? I play a, a headmaster. Yeah, I don't know. I'm the, the the rum's got to my head, but yeah, check that out. Here we go, which is great. Here and, we uh, go. Here we go. Yeah, here we go. And um, the Prince Romano's words of transfers. Here we yeah, go. Sure, Hopefully, yeah. it'll be a good summer for us. Um, yeah. Anthony, of course. Um, you're with Blue. Um, when's the uh, when's the tour started? Starting. Uh, we start in December, so it's going to be good, man. And uh, Do I get VIP? No, yeah, Ricky's going to drive everyone. I'm going to. Hey! <laughs> we'll never get there. <laughs> no. <Hey>. no. <laughs> well, thank you so much for your time this, uh, this season, man. Oh, why you got to do me like that, man? Oh, come on. <laughs> and and Darren, <laughs> thanks so much for your time um, this season. You've been absolutely fantastic, and you've always stayed with me. Uh, being positive and saying that Tottenham will finish in the top four. Chris is a beautiful place to be and when it all materialises we are the happiest too because we dragged everyone with us and then they can see our vision was good. So gentlemen, it's been a joy and a pleasure always and I look forward to a very good season coming up. Come on you Spurs. Rob, Ricky, Leo, Anthony, Darren, can't thank you enough and uh, look forward to next season already. Hopefully Antonio Conte can produce a trophy and we will all be smiling and I won't have to keep saying the trophies are coming because they will be delivered. Anyway, I'm going to leave you with this music. You know exactly what music I'm going to play. Um, and come on, you Spurs. Come on. You're the one who protects the flock, and that requires an eye for detail. Because when safety and well-being are on the line, it's the details that can save lives. Even when no one else is watching, you see everything. Granger gets you, and we're here for you, and all the ones who get it done with a wide range of safety products and solutions, plus board-certified safety consultants here to answer your questions. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. With the new Chevy Silverado, you might be driving in this. But with the Silverado's redesigned interior and large infotainment screens, it'll feel more like this. 
Introducing the new 2022 Chevy Silverado. Find new upgrades. Find new roads. Chevrolet. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.